Welcome to a brand new podcast here on Better Radio. Uh, similar to the Have Not Room where we were covering Big Brother, we are now here with a brand new show called The Blindsiders to cover the brand new season of Survivor, Survivor 41. And I'm joined here as always by Brian, who is uh, my uh, reality TV, uh, you know, first mate and, uh, you know, sidekick, or I'm probably more of his sidekick, but uh, yeah, we're also joined here by a uh, new Survivor fan or newish Survivor fan and uh, new to the podcast, uh, new to the reality TV podcasting world. Uh, you can potentially know him from uh, other shows on Better Radio, Brian and Dylan Take on the World uh, slash uh, what, was, what was it called? Wicked Good Show. Wicked Good Show. Uh, it was a rebranding. Uh, uh, Dylan, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm back. Part of my buyout package from Wicked Good Show was forcibly throwing myself in one of the reality mm-hmm. TV podcasts, and here I am. I'm very excited. Thanks for having Thanks. me. My one uh, commitment is I told myself I'm not going to swear on this one as much as I did in the other one. <laughs> so this is a very uh, wholesome family podcast, and I'm very excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for a wholesome family show, as we're reminded every season, as Jeff finishes every season now talking to children in the audience. Yes, uh, he, <laughs> he loves to, uh, you know, make it so much a family-friendly show that he's now throwing out the idea of having people under 18 on the show, which is a nightmare. Please do not yes. do that. Yes, a 12-year-old hitting puberty on the island would be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great uh, to have like just a teenager just get like destroyed by some roided up like person in sumo at sea challenge or something. No. Uh-huh. Uh, that would be good. Uh, former NFL safety Danny McRae. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. laying the wood down on some 14 year old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That would have been, been good for CBS. Uh, I mean, there are two 20 year olds on this cast that we'll be talking about mm-hmm. here, uh, which is, you know. Uh, young for Survivor on average. Uh, but yeah, I, I think before we jump into this, uh, you know, this is a new show. Uh, and while me and Brian have done Survivor coverage in the past together yeah, in another life, uh, years and years ago, uh, I think it would uh, make sense for us to kind of go over, you know, our experience with Survivor and uh, why, why we're kind of excited for this to this, this show to come back for the first time in over a year. Uh you know, uh, Dylan, why don't you start off? Because uh, I know you're the newest to the the show. You kind of have uh, have a fun Survivor, you know, fandom experience to potentially talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, Survivor uh, did not go away in the pandemic. I've been watching Survivor, um, I believe, since early April of this year. Uh, me and my wife, we just randomly threw it on one day, and we didn't stop. Now that it's all on Paramount Plus, I actually originally got hooked on. Um, Kageyan, mm-hmm. uh, you survivor uh, uh, purifiers can uh, correct me uh, if I said that wrong, but I got hooked on that. I'm a big uh, Team Spencer. Um, I thought Tony was a brilliant player. I love the mm-hmm. scumbags. And then, um, yeah, we, we just, uh, I believe we've steamrolled through like 10 seasons now at, at Brian's recommendation. I've been jumping in between, and I, I love it. Uh, it's um, it, it, To me, I, I'm surprised it's not as quote-unquote mainstream as it seems like it used to be in the early to mid-2000s. But as soon as I got into it, I started talking to uh, a lot of different people. And apparently, a lot of people still love this show and still watch it. And I think that the, the binging streaming aspect is definitely helping it. Mm-hmm. Even now, my family, for the first time, and probably they used to do like survivor pools each year. And for the first time in probably about like 10 years, I was able to get a, a pool together for the family this year. 
Um, so Survivor's awesome. back, baby. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really excited to start covering with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's appropriate, too, because this is kind of... This season is kind of like a rebirth of the show. Like, they're trying to kind of reboot it uh, mm-hmm. after season 40 and after this uh, year hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brian, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your experience with Survivor? So, Survivor. Um, I think it would be not out of, like pocket to say that i'm one of like the foremost survivor experts north american you know survivor experts i know there are tons of other seasons that i just haven't watched but uh i'm a super fan of the show i've i've watched since uh i was eight years old with survivor africa i never stopped just uh have been through i've hosted survivor podcast shout out to the previously on network that uh, ben and i used to work with on there actually that's what got me into podcasting at all, um, which is probably, you know, it's good, it's bad. Some people probably think I podcast too much. That'd probably be a fair uh, criticism. Um, I've played in Backyard Survivors, uh, Survivor New York, the Durham Warrior Survival Challenge. I've been able to, you know, meet a good amount of them. I used to blog about it for uh, Survivor Talk with D&D, their website. Um, I just really like Survivor. And the fact that, like, Dylan talked about it with them adding survivor to netflix with you know that becoming more mainstream barstool did a season of survivor that i think brought in a lot of people to at least watch netflix survivor and then you know buy paramount plus subscriptions i really i feel like um for a long time and i'm sure ben you'll relate to this survivor was a thing where it's like if you like mentioned it like say you had a co-worker at an office that also was into it people would be like what survivor salon and you'd be like oh yeah survivor salon and then like in the back of your mind and just be like it's also one of the best shows on television sh- still so uh you should definitely watch it because it's fucking awesome but uh now i think people are finally seeing that it's still you know a juggernaut and i'm, I'm really excited for season 41 yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, I think, you know, Brian and I probably have very similar Survivor fandom experiences. I remember, I don't know how old I must have been, I don't know, I guess seven or six or however many, uh, seeing the grub-eating challenge in Borneo. That was my first experience with Survivor, uh, and just being like, what the hell? <laughs> well, obviously, I didn't say what the hell is going on yeah. as a as a child, but that's like the thought process I was going mm. uh, throughout the time. Uh, like, what is this show that's on uh, television? I think it was like episode two or three of Borneo at this point. Mm. Um, and then, you know, very like loosely uh, kind of tracking the show, uh, like very casually as a child mm. uh, through like elementary and then middle school. And then like getting very into the show, starting around like Panama Cook Islands. Uh, where I was like a lot more fervent and like getting DVDs for birthdays and Christmas right. and going back and rewatching old seasons that I, you know, didn't really have the greatest memory of as a as a wee lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I remember on elementary school playgrounds playing like fake survivor games with my mm-hmm. friends and then, you know, uh, getting even more into the fandom uh, in the 20s, like, especially, like, around, like, Philippines and Cagayan, I got really into the online fan base. And like Brian, I played in LRGs, <laughs> you know, helped organize LRGs, and I've, uh, I've like, pseudo-retired from LRGs. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have... Uh, 
I have like a love hate relationship with Modern Survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I uh, I'm a little bit jaded. Uh, I think the most of the recent seasons have uh, been not as great as they could potentially be. But there are a lot of good seasons that still get made. David versus Goliath was one of my favorite seasons, and that was just four seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. We're getting kind of a fresh reboot of the of the series here. And it looks like a really great cast, a really uh, competitive cast uh, that we'll talk about here. And yeah, I'm just I'm very glad to be talking about Survivor again. Thank you. I think you bring up a great point too, that uh, you as a lifelong fan, you're not as big of a fan as the newer, apparently more faster paced kind of like run and gun style gameplay mm-hmm. that's going on. Most of the seasons, they all based off of uh, Brian's recommendation, um, and. For through a, like a very odd fault of my own, I really didn't want to go back. Cause apparently, the older seasons are in standard definition mm. still. So I, I've kind of like I, I all I've really have watched are, are is the newer style of gameplay. Um, I think the oldest season I've seen has been eighteen, when they were in uh, I think was that Brazil, um, mm. when uh, uh, JT won, and uh, I actually thought that that was like tremendously slow compared to because i because i've been bouncing around compared to the newer seasons yep and i the most recent one i just watched was uh second chance and now i'm trying to steamroll my way up mm. and like those are just balls to the wall uh just non-stop fast-paced and so i i think that that i i'm curious if i would have the reverse effect of going all the way back and just seeing a slower more social game being played mm. if i would like it as much so you definitely think- get that that newbie uh viewpoint for me I think it's it's hard uh, to steal from Survivor Second Chance. Ben and I are definitely the shelter people, whereas like you know the newer fans are the beach people from uh, from that. Like Survivor has evolved into a completely different show from what it was, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Um, I think for like people getting into it now, if you get into it with newer seasons, it would be extremely difficult to go back and like get the same feeling because it's like. There are things that you watch people do on older seasons where you're just like, what is wrong with this people? Like, the average, like, game acumen for a player entering a season of Survivor now is so much higher than what it was back then. There's a lot of, like, well, we're at the bottom of our alliance, but that's fine because we're in the majority alliance, but we're still going to get picked off fifth and sixth, and there's just no, like, there's no one making a move because things were just different back then. You know, whereas now it's like people are making an alliance, using it for a round and then completely like dismantling it and, you know, forming something new. So I think I think it would be tough to go back um, to watch a lot of like the seasons from 15 down. Really, 16, I think, is like the first like one where stuff started to get fast paced. And now, like you said, it's just 100 miles per hour from the second the contestants get on the beach to like the very end. It also kind of seems like, too, that the gameplay has almost evolved, at least from my point of view, to becoming, like, nearly meta. Because mm-hmm. you have people that have been watching Survivor for their entire life. Mm-hmm. It's like now people jump into the game where you went from one season where the uh, immunity idols were, hidden immunity idols were presented, to now that's, like, almost the very first thing people do when they get to an island is seek out a, a hidden immunity idol. And mm-hmm. people are playing games, playing the game, like, actively talking about previous winners and their strategy. It's, yeah. um... Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I, I do remember, because um, obviously being from Massachusetts, always hearing about Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, my parents always watched that, so I caught glimpses of that 
Um, and I actually went back and just kind of like comparatively uh, watched that uh, like a few minutes of that compared to the new season. It's yeah, it's it's insane the difference because back then, um, these people were literally just going to an island. You know, they maybe one or two seasons before that they heard about it, but. Yeah, now you have people saying, "Oh, I want to play this like Tony," or "Oh, I want to play this like JT," or "Oh, I want to play this like like Natalie." Like it's a, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's very meta, not necessarily in a bad way. I think you have if you if you're not familiar with Survivor, it's almost uh, it's it's a it's a handicap on you for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no, and especially this is something that we talk about in our Big Brother podcast as well when we do cast assessments for that, where it's like. Being a fan of the show is almost a prerequisite at this point to mm-hmm. be successful at it, um, because, as you said, the game has become so meta, and like all of these strategies, kind of rely on you understanding like a very at least a base level of like strategic thinking, uh, and everyone's going to assume that you have that knowledge, and if you don't, you're going to fall behind very quickly. Mm. Yeah, you're going to be like, there there are players certainly who are like in the new school era who aren't like as tuned in, but they often are just like not even present in the edit of the show because they're not contributing to like, um, what's happening really. And I think, (laughs) I think that like when there are moments like through survivor history that like Suri doing like the three, two, one was such like a mind blowing, strategic move now and now it's like passe you know you wouldn't if you saw that as a like person who's watched like the new season you just be like oh that that was a good move but like you like if you don't have the years of like watching kind of slower gameplay you couldn't like fully appreciate what she did there to like kind of make step up the strategy of the game in in certain ways and then you know what? I know he's not like this particularly popular person um, for a lot of fans, but even what like Russell Hans did to like to put Survivor into another gear in terms of like finding idols and whatnot. Um, there are all these like people who laid the groundwork for what the game is now. For when you get like you know players like Rick Devins or Ben who are like finding idols, and that's like their main strategy to stay in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, I mean for sure. I mean, this it's it's going to be always uh, evolving, especially as the game itself is kind of evolving, mm. uh, and like the producers are changing things about the game and adding new twists and new advantages and all these mm. new things. Even this season, uh, either because of a production decision or because of COVID or whatever, the season is shortened uh, mm. by like thirty three percent. It's twenty six days instead of thirty nine. That's a significant amount of days that, you know, is it's less than what you would expect. So that means that gameplay is going to be going even faster. That means that, like, you know, alliances could be changing on a daily basis even. <laughs> and, you know, people are being uh, voted out every, like, day or two instead of every three days or every two to three days. So uh, I, I do think that, you know, there is going to be a necessity for people to play uh, differently. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how that changes, especially in a season. Yeah, because we don't really feel it anymore. Um, there's not reward challenges really anymore in yeah. Survivor. Um, so we, and so much time is spent on, like, the strategy, on the finding idols, on that stuff. So we don't feel like 
how long they're out there really anymore and i think we won't as viewers notice a change um because they there's so much content in a day or two that they can you know build narratives edit the show it's not going to feel different to us but to the players out there i i do agree they're going to be feeling like a pressure of like holy shit like we already voted off three people to stay like four or five like you know this this season's cruising like to talk about second chance just because i've been doing like a casual rewatch of it like um i just watched the fishback um episode where he got voted off and that was day 29 and there's nine people left so the game's gonna be over by then this season Yeah, I think a lot, a lot, a lot of people are gonna have their back against the wall and not have mm. the time to think it through either. Yep. So I, I think there's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of uh, brash decisions made this yes. season. Um, I think and so I, too. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious because obviously now it's like you have the physical threat. Is do do you let the physical threats try to hang around until mm. like at least the mergers carry the camp, or do you just start like cutting them out right away? Like I, I think I, yeah. I think that those those days getting cut down is like just yeah it's gonna severely change everything, and yeah, apparently be, sorry yeah. I was gonna say apparently a lot, a lot of people fan wise are, are are seemingly split on it from everything I've seen, um in terms of it, uh, of what they think I think some people are embracing the faster pace and you know some people who might be uh, day one survivor fans maybe maybe not so much. Yeah, Ben and I are definitely like uh, old men yelling at clouds at times. So <laughs> I have to deal with that a little bit on this, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'll i give it a chance. I'll see how it plays out. Uh, I, I, I think it's good that the cast is 18 instead of 20, yes. uh, if we're going to be doing this at the very least. Um, and I, I think that three tribes to start probably also works really well with this. Um, mm. With presumably a swap, uh, you know, at some point into two tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it could work, uh, and I understand that, like, you know, it probably wasn't like a decision, like, oh, we want to do this. It was probably like, oh, we have to, you know, quarantine everybody an additional amount of time, and we have yeah. to like put aside all this extra production scheduling, and mm-hmm. like COVID is really making things difficult for us to film on the schedule we, we normally would. So I, I. I would rather have a shorter season than have to wait an additional year. Yes. <laughs> I would say at least hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm like you know I'm cautiously optimistic that it could work out. Mm. Yeah. I think and we've that, done enough setup here. Unless yeah. uh, you guys have anything else to say before we get into the cast. I just wanted not to like completely derail it, but I thought it was interesting. Jeff Probst did an interview where he was talking about them trying to figure out what what was a way to potentially film survivor seasons with COVID happening uh, in the U S we saw Australian survivor filmed in their like Australian outback where, you know, the, the United States did a season there. They did a season in the same area, which I think is really cool. And he talked about potentially doing Hawaii or Atlanta, Georgia, which I think could have been really neat um, depending on the areas that they got. I'm a big fan of like the diverse landscapes um that they used to do a lot you know like we had 
Dylan talked about watching season 18. I think that's like one of the most unique places that they ever went. Um, then like Survivor Gabon, where it's like a really foresty season. I love I loved that a lot. Um, so to have like an opportunity in Atlanta to maybe do a more like inland season, I thought that would have been cool. And then Hawaii you could have gotten the same feel as like Fiji, but you know that didn't work out. I just I just wanted to mention that that could have been like a neat thing that happened. And I know a lot of people were like, just go to the West, do an old West season of Survivor which also would have been sick but uh yeah no, it didn't happen uh yeah no i i think that a lot of people were speculating they might end up uh doing something in hawaii was a lot of people's mm -hmm. guesses if uh if fiji was not going to work out uh but nope back to fiji for another couple of seasons we uh we have here so i think an urban would have been very interesting in like atlanta like they all mm. just get locked in like the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Be with like Kanye. the colony. <laughs> and like the Mercedes Benz. And like Stadium Kanye is like is like is like the 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 he selects who comes and goes, and they all have to mm -hmm. please Kanye. That just sounds like a whole different song, good. the whole the whole different series. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that 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 is interesting. Um, no, yeah. I just want to address before we get to the cast is that uh, uh, people in the video will see the two fridges in the background. Mm. Uh, if anybody is in Central Massachusetts and wants a fridge, uh, contact me. <laughs> I just want All to address right, so that. Follow him people... on Twitter. It's on the screen right now. Dylan, do you want to plug it? Yep. Yep. Uh, DJ Clubberlang, uh, Twitter with uh, two B's in Clubberlang. Uh, if you need a fridge that does not have a shelf in it, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, please, please come find me. Uh, people will roast me for having two fridges. I don't know why, but it has happened before. So I just want to get that, uh, get that off my chest now, and we can mm -hmm. now proceed to judging people. All right. I mean, look, I wish I had a second fridge just for, like, mm -hmm. you know, like beer and wine. Like, that would be, you know. I think that's the play. So. Yeah, that's that like that's a flex. I don't know who's making fun of you for this. Yeah, this I, is... I don't I don't want the second fridge. So I mean, I kind of <laughs> agree with them, but yeah. All right. So if anyone's on the lookout, uh, get in touch with Dylan on Twitter. And I kind of like when you said like an urban season made me think of the Colony, old show, old reality show that uh, that could have been neat, could have been different. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to get into these new survivors. All right, let's start off with, uh, we're going to go in a weird order here in case people are going to be following along. Uh, so we're going to start off with uh, Sydney Siegel, a 26-year-old law student from uh, Brooklyn, New York. And Brian, what are your first thoughts here on Sydney? So Sydney is one of the few um, players who we actually did get some um, footage of on the Survivor Twitter. I was... Today I was trying to track down any like meet the cast videos because they usually release them and they usually put them on YouTube. Not the case. There were some on Twitter um, this year, so uh, no rhyme or reason. To... No yeah. rhyme or reason to when they released them. It was just like nope. four people. And it was and only that's it. six of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, Sydney is she's funny because she's like very very sure of herself, which will be interesting to see on. Uh, on Survivor, she says, um, you know, who she'd most like to play with, like, uh, Natalie White. Um, I think that's good. I think, like, anyone who... I think Natalie White's a very underrated winner um, in the game she played just because she, like, got her million-dollar check and then dipped from, uh, you know, public life entirely, which, honestly, respect that a lot also. Um, she clearly, unlike me, doesn't have a constant need for validation through uh, videos and whatnot, so I, I appreciate that. So I, I am um, 
cautiously optimistic of Sydney. Hopefully, her like admitted like ego doesn't get in her own way. Yeah, go ahead, Dylan. What are your thoughts here on Sydney before I kind of give my feelings? So I I do want to say you know obviously we're just judging people for getting to know them. Um, yeah. uh, I got a lot of, uh, speaking of season 18, I'm only going to be able to reference seasons I've watched. I got a lot of uh, Carolina vibes from her oh, no. from season no. 18. <laughs> of, uh, maybe a little too sure of herself, potentially maybe bossy. Um, she says that her pet peeves are bodily noises, uh, mm-hmm. sniffling, snoring, heavy breathing, coughing. I think when you're in a, uh, when you're in a, a very small shelter with someone, uh, that could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's... Uh, I, I I I don't have high expectations for her, but I've, I haven't had high expectations for people that have made it further before. So um, she will not be my pick, but uh, uh, we'll see what Sydney can bring to the table. Yeah, I like how we're starting off strong, immediately comparing somebody to a first boot. <laughs> yes. That would not be the last, because there are some people here who are yeah. like, this person reminds me of a first boot from another yeah. season. So. I, yeah, I know, Brian, you messaged me about somebody we'll be talking about, and you you listed two first boots that that person <laughs> reminds you of. It's so, a combination of two. We're, we're coming at people's necks already. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, could her floor be Carolina uh, Eastwood? A hundred percent. Uh, I, I could see that. Uh, I do agree with Brian. I like this kind of this kind of like damning with fame praise, but I do like that she seems self-aware about what her path to a victory is by comparing herself to Natalie White. I do think that a Natalie White-esque run and season is probably her best uh, case scenario for getting to an, uh, a, a favorable endgame. My issue here is I think there may be at most one person on the cast who could fill that Russell role for her. And I uh, do not think that that is likely to, to fall into place. Uh, so I, I don't know if that sort of a path on this cast is particularly uh, possible. But yeah, as Brian said, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe uh, she can uh, you know, surprise us a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I am. I, I would say if Brian's cautiously uh, optimistic, I'm uh, uncautiously pessimistic. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, move on uh, from uh, from Sydney to our second castmate here. We have a uh, 33 year old ex NFL player uh, from uh, Frisco, Texas, originally Houston, Texas, Danny McRae. Uh, who I believe uh, played for the Cowboys uh, uh, primarily uh, as a safety uh, like five to ten years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, definitely uh, not the first NFL player on Survivor. Likely won't be the last. Um, and as Brian had mentioned to me over text, uh, <laughs> NFL players don't have a particularly great uh <laughs> Uh, history on uh, on Survivor, but maybe Danny can uh, surprise us here and break that stigma. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Danny, Dylan? So, I, I do like Danny a lot for two reasons. One, I think Danny McRae is such like a winner type name. Like, <laughs> it just seems like someone that you would reference back, like, oh, you remember Danny McRae from season four, 41? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, remember when he did the McRae? Um, <laughs> on the other end, though, kind of the, to dial back to what I talked about earlier, I, I, I think if he does reveal that he's an ex-NFL player, 
uh, it's going to immediately probably put a target on his back for two reasons. One, because people are going to say he's already maybe potentially had the money. Mm. Um, I honestly don't remember Danny McRae in the NFL. I'm obviously not a Cowboys fan. Um, I'm not an NFL historian either. Uh, but I think if he's, he reveals that he's an NFL player, that's going to put a target on his back. Well, at the same time, uh, if he's dominating physical challenges early, that's going to put another target on his back. So I like I like Danny for a few reasons, but at the same time, I I, I don't like Danny for almost those exact same reasons. I, I think it, it all and it all dials back to what kind of social game he'll play, and I, I think that's kind of like what's up in the air now. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's built good. He's not he's not a, he doesn't look like he was a lineman, so he might be able to keep up with uh, some of the the more fit people, but. We'll see. That that's like a, that's like a to be determined. I, I he could either he could be the surefire winner eight episodes into it, like Jeremy Collins was, to, in my opinion, in in, uh, in second chance, or he uh, he might be the next John Rocker and out in in the first what was it the third episode, fourth episode of that. Okay, season? whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's whoa. not ever put that on anybody. <laughs> Sweet John Rocker. <laughs> We'll see. Once again, I can only reference the seasons I've seen. I'm like, sure. I'm like, a, I'm like a young freshman in college. I only know everything I just read, and now I'm just gonna go read a, the uh, the Anarchist Cookbook or whatever the hell that was. And that was uh, that was my uh, Blood versus Water. Uh, so John Rocker is like one of the more uh, obviously problematic uh, former athletes that I've People. seen on Survivor. Just so, generally, yeah. Fortunately, I have to compare him to that. At least he was pretty, like relatively unproblematic on Survivor. He was just a tremendously horrific Survivor player. Yes. Um, super jacked though, just really roided out. Indeed, yeah. roided out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh man. You, you didn't top that, Brian. Who? <laughs> I didn't. I was not expecting him to uh, compare him to John Rocker here, but that's the last time I will talk about John Rocker. Yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. Since you should have been there for the lead up of San Juan Del Sur. People were not happy John Rocker was on Survivor. But uh yeah. Yeah, I mean three episodes in people were just calling him a racist, which was pretty wild. Well, that was wild yeah. television to see in twenty twenty one. It was. Um, all right. So Danny McRae, obviously like Dylan Lee, I'm a huge NFL fan. Obviously I do wicked good sports. Gonna, gonna plug that. Um, he's not someone who I really could name off the top of my head. When I looked him up and like saw him in uniform, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember him. Um, but he only played for like five or six years. I mean, he's 33 and retired. So, um, he is one of the few players who was on Twitter uh, in the video. I thought he sounded great um, there. Someone who, like like we've said, if people find out he's an NFL player, that could be bad. But he seems really smart. Um, you know, he has a MBA um, in one of like what accomplishment are you most proud of? Um, and that certainly came off. And then I saw that his favorite player is Ben uh, Drebergen, and I was like, all right, never mind. Uh, all this goes out the window, and my praise. No, I, I, I think, I think, um, I think he'll at least make the merge. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I, I think make the merge is a pretty good fair, uh, fair assessment there. Uh, I mean, you know, jokes aside. Uh, I think listing Ben Drebergen as as like a, your favorite player or a player you want to uh, you know be like is not the worst. Uh, you know Ben is you know technically a survivor winner and he did very well on forty, uh, and so I think it's it's reasonable to pick him. But 
The issue I have is that his reasoning for wanting to play like Ben uh, seems to be that he assumes that he's going to be up against the wall uh, pretty, like, at some point in the game. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very bad way to come into Survivor, or bad mentality to come in with the expectation that your back is going to be up against the wall at some point. Uh, because you're going to be, like, basically looking for uh, trouble to get yourself in and, like, mm -hmm. looking for mistakes that, like, basically manufacturing mistakes out of thin air. Yeah, that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting from that kind of an answer. Uh, so that kind of worries me. Uh, and comparing yourself to Adam Sandler and the Waterboy is also very <laughs> odd, yes. I would say. Um, but I kind of understand where he's coming from there, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. He'll probably make the merge. He's probably going to be uh, a physical asset to his tribe in the pre-merge. And unless, as Dylan uh, mentioned in our uh, like pre-segment, uh, there are people in the season who think, oh, we have to take out the physical threats as early as possible now because of the shortened uh, season length, uh, I think he'll probably be in a position where he can at least play the game a little bit in the post-merge. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think that he's, he's probably uh, an average for me compared to the rest of the cast, maybe slightly mm -hmm. above average. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our next player. Uh, we have 20-year-old Liana Wallace, a college student uh, who currently lives in Washington, D.C., but is originally from Evanston, Illinois. Uh, and I, I guess I'll go first on Liana here. Uh, I, I like Liana a lot, actually, uh, compared to the rest of the cast. Uh, I was surprised to see her list Tony as the player that she wants to uh, to play most like. And it also then surprised me when she said that uh, she doesn't actually like Tony. <laughs> but she wants to play like him still. Uh, which is, uh, I think, actually pretty good, right? I think if you have the, um, the like, awareness to be like, even though I don't personally uh, like this player or a fan of this player's game style, I can see the positive aspects of, uh, of their gameplay uh and want to emulate that uh i also uh i think that you know she has uh probably the one of the better stories in the cast and uh, i think she has a lot uh going for her in terms of potential sociability uh my main concern with her is her age uh because you know while we've seen young players uh win survivor uh, as young as 21 even, uh, it's always very difficult for uh, players who are, I'd say, under 23 to 24-ish to really get a serious foothold, especially in this cast. There are a lot of older players, mm. uh, a lot of players in their 40s and 50s, uh, more than usual, I would say. Um, so that's my biggest concern for her. But otherwise, I'm pretty optimistic about her uh possibility in the game what are your thoughts dylan yeah i i, I agree with you uh, as well. she was one of the first ones that really stuck out to me um i thought the the reference to tony was uh incredibly interesting uh to your point as well um because tony to me obviously he he played people refer to him essentially as like the boogeyman now when they when they reference back to him um but he was somebody it's who well deserved honestly 
he he is the boogeyman he was like the anomaly to the host to, to the show to that point because he was the one who literally did everything he needed to do to win while also maybe doing making some of the worst decisions possible to get there and he still won by betraying every single person because i think that there still is a respect to that where i 100 percent agree with her i maybe don't like her I, I i maybe don't like tony but i respect that everything I, I respect the way that he played um so that stuck out to me but also to your point as well she's young um 20 is very young and i i think a lot of that it depends how how mature for a 20 year old she is because i think being immature in this game can run south for you very very quickly i refer back to to baylor wilson um i thought she was incredibly immature and i think the only reason she was uh brought along as far as she was was because of her mom playing the mm -hmm. game properly instead of her so i yeah we'll see i mean she she seems super approachable she seems athletic so I think that she can kind of like blend that line of being social and uh, and and doing well in challenges. Um, I think a lot of it just uh, winds back to like, what do you do around camp? You know, as long as you're not the one sitting around. And once again, who knows what it's going to be like this season? Where maybe people don't even care if you're the one catching fish. We're only here for 26 days. Maybe we can make this rice last if we have it. Um, uh, so let's see. Let's see what happens there. But yeah, I do like her. I, I don't know if she's my favorite to win it, but I, I can see her. Uh, making merge and maybe even beyond that. Mm. I am mentally preparing myself for Jeff to mention that Liana and Jarius are younger than Survivor is no less than 500 times in the premiere of this episode. So I just want to put, put that out there. Um, also, uh, I, I like her a lot too. Um, spoken word poet though. We're talking about NFL players, not having a great history. Um, Semhar from Survivor South Pacific is the last spoken word poet, and uh, she was the first boot. So uh, another first boot here um, reference. So other than that, I do like Liana, and I 100% agree with Ben. We talked about it um, in our Big Brother preview podcast. Um, when you're like a younger person on a cast with like a bunch of older people, it is very difficult to be taken seriously. Like people will listen to you, but they'll always be like, oh, but I know more than them just because I'm older than them. I mean, you know, referencing Big Brother, though, like, you know... It hasn't oh. hurt Hannah. It hasn't hurt Hannah. the lead that the 21-year-old on Big Brother right now was, like, one of the frontrunners to win the season. Yes, I would I would be absolutely thrilled if she won that season. Just, like, I, I'd feel like so, I'd be very happy if Liana won this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, for sure. I, I, I think that Liana seems like the kind of person who might be able to push past that. She talks about... Uh, you know, life experiences that uh, seem kind of beyond her years. And she also talks about uh, how she, like, grew up in Tokyo and Singapore. So she has, like, these life experiences that I would say most 20-year-old, 20-year-olds uh, would not have. Definitely. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that it, it probably won't bite her, uh, by her in the ass here being uh i believe the youngest contestant on the one of the two youngest contestants on the season at the very least mm -hmm. uh all right let's move on oh, to I'm our excited. <laughs> oh no to our next contestant all right brian you're excited why don't you start out start us off here then with brad reese the 50 year old rancher from shawnee wyoming 
So yeah, this is the one Ben referenced earlier. He's the one who I said reminded me of uh, Peter Harkey and Chicken from Survivor China combined, both first boots. Has there ever been a more like, yeah, this guy's the first boot in the history of Survivor? He's old. He's the older guy. He lives on a ranch that's not relatable to people. Like, it, he, he seems very, very, very nice. Um, I just don't see how this guy fits in, and I, I, I would not be surprised if he's the first off of his tribe, let alone maybe the potential first boot of the season. Is that too mean? You guys can tell me. Sometimes I get a little carried away. Uh, I like Brad a lot, so right. <laughs> I'm going in. I'm going in almost the exact opposite. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I think Brad was one of the ones I looked up. Maybe this is my newbie knowledge. Uh, Brad Brad was one of the ones I was considering picking if we're picking our, our, our favorite to win for two reasons. But I all, And I'm also going to give it a, another reason why I think he could go very bad very quickly. I, I think that he's going to be someone who's good around camp if he actually is indeed good at hunting and fishing and uh, helping others pursue their passion to, and achieve their dreams. That's real nice of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Shawnee, Wyoming. Don't know. Uh, I've never been to Wyoming. Uh, neither have you. Neither has Ben. I can just say I, that. I, I have been to Wyoming. There's a lot of nothing in Wyoming. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I would never ask you if you've been to Wyoming. You've never shared it with me because who cares? Exactly. Um, so maybe maybe he's a little too sheltered for his own good. Uh, he says that uh, his pet peeve is lack of initiative. I think that maybe, sure, if uh, we're day one and he's already complaining about people not doing certain things while he's, you know, trying to show off that he's catching all this fish and, mm-hmm. and collecting all this wood. Yeah, that could go south really quickly for him. Um, I do think that maybe he could be the, the, the one that as long as he's not a complete weirdo, you know, he could be the one that is maybe the father figure to some people. I don't know. I like him a lot because I, I think, you know, he's, he's, in, he's in good shape. He has, he has the athletic build. Uh, but it's, you know, it's uh, on the other end, does he have the social game? That, that'll be the, we'll have to see. Because I think that maybe potentially he could be very strong at challenges. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's just, so the things that I look at is like, the things that, like, Survivor often comes down to in, like, the very um, beginning of the game is what are your, like, your shared experiences? What are the common grounds that you have with people that just lead themselves to bonding? And I just don't see him having a lot in common with, like, the people on his tribe. I Like, if I met Brad and I was on a season of Survivor with Brad, I would probably be like, he's a cool guy. I Like, what am I going to talk to him about, like, sheep herding? I don't fucking know anything about sheep herding. Like, we're, we're just not going to have a connection, and that that's what worries me for him. And maybe he'll be able to overcome it, and uh, maybe he'll be able to be, like, maybe top-end Bob Crowley, um, where he is, like, the handyman who's very nice and, like, kind of goes with the flow of the tribe. But uh, I, think, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for him. Ben, what do you think? Oh, go ahead, Dylan. I was gonna say I, I'm I'm reading through his his bio right now. Uh, he does he he does have some like things that stick out to me as almost like coach like, where he says that he's nearly died from being bitten by a rattlesnake and also being mm. blown up by a propane tank. So if he tells me that that also happened while he was on the Amazon, then maybe we have mm. like a coach 2.0. I'm unsure. Right. But I mean, would, I'd be I'd be here for that. <laughs> that really that really just sure. stuck out to me. I think I think he's a big wild card, but let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe more South Pacific coach than uh, Token Chain's coach, but we'll see. Um, I, yeah, I would lean more towards 
Brian here than Dylan in terms of my evaluation of Brad. Uh, I I think that less his age or his physique would be an issue because uh, he does. I don't think he looks fifty. I think he looks probably in like his late thirties, early forties. Yeah. Uh, and he's definitely built. He's got like a little bit of a six pack going on. So like you know, I think that he's physical enough where he'll be able to uh, succeed in that light. But I do agree with Brian that especially within this cast, I don't think there is like a a huge plethora of people that he's going to be able to socially relate to very easily. Uh, so I think at the very least, he's going to be on a back foot early on because of that. Uh, he might be a little socially ostracized because of that. Uh, and so I think he's going to have to heavily rely on his tribe winning some of those early challenges so he can kind of get his foot in the door a little bit. Uh, but with the advanced gameplay and the like uh, quicker pace of the game, that might not be enough time for him to really get deeper social bonds with people that don't, you know, surface level immediately uh, relate to him uh, because of like shared experiences. So I, I am very, you know, tepid about his chances, uh, but maybe he could be on a tribe that wins out until a swap and then he's in a good spot on a swap and then he can, you know, get to the merge and early merge maybe and, uh, needed as a number um, for uh, um, for the uh, majority alliance or a, a potential uh, uprising, uh, but that's very that's very very optimistic. I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, as I try to fix my camera here, <laughs> uh, why don't you uh, give us uh, your thoughts on our next contestant here? Uh, Erica, 32-year-old communications manager, uh, from uh, originally from Niagara Falls, Ontario, currently in Toronto, Ontario, are uh, one of our two Canadians on the cast and our only, I believe, current Canadian resident on the cast. All right, Dylan, you want to give your thoughts first? Uh, I think that we maybe potentially have uh, one of our one of our uh, maybe villains of the season. Because um, she openly admits that she's very manipulative, which uh, could be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, however, she's she uh, she's not young, so she's 32. She has some life experience. Um, she mentions uh, Brenda on the outside, Todd underneath. Don't know what either of those reference, obviously, because I'm a newbie. So uh, if she's, she's a combination of Brenda 1.0 and Todd. She's gonna be really good. We'll see. So uh, going off of that, you know. I think the manipulative part really sticks out to me, um, and so maybe maybe she can play that great uh, game where she's uh, really the one behind the scenes uh, working uh, multiple different uh, uh, alliances. But uh, who knows? It could blow up in her face. Uh, she's another one that that uh, she's kind of like in the middle for me, um, just kind of like uh, based off of uh, what I, what I'm reading off from her now. Um, but who knows? She's she's clearly going for that for that. Uh, social uh potential backstabbing type game which could either really work for her or be backstabbed i but i feel like that you tend if you're your backstabber you tend to you tend to fall on the white side in the end and i you know if you're openly manipulative then then yeah i don't think that she'll get very far but to me if she does it well enough then who knows yeah i think um the thing that stands out to me obviously is her referencing Todd and Brenda um, 
I hate to say it, but season 21 is, like, uh, very far away from current day. So, like, back when people would say Brenda, like, right after season 21, it seemed like kind of like a trendy answer. But now it's just like, oh, that, you know, she she obviously is a fan of the show. Uh, she watched Survivor Nicaragua. <laughs> but uh, she also might have, I, I, she may have even potentially on purpose or accidentally made a kind of a, a, a weird reference. Oh, that was on purpose. I, I assume it's on purpose, but I, I, don't, I don't want it to be on purpose, honestly. It's yeah, kind of so mean. She said, uh, Brenda is a physically strong and socially aware player who's not afraid to show her teeth, which is a yeah. reference to Brenda's second season, a very unfortunate situation there that we won't, we won't go into on yeah. here, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I I hope that she is a villain because you got to have people who come in with the intent of backstabbing people. You know, uh, that's what makes the show exciting. I don't think if she's going to be a villain, she's going to win. Um, but I think she could at least be good television. Yeah. Uh, something I noticed, she's actually one of two people on the cast to reference the fact that people think that she is taller than she is because she has a big personality. Uh, is, is this a thing? No. I've never heard of this being a thing before, but two separate people on the cast make this exact, like, you know, uh, reference of, like, oh, people think I'm, like, three inches taller because of my personality. It's like... Mm. That kind of tells me that uh, one of the casting producers also thinks this and is like, yeah. yes, right? Yes, people <laughs> say that about me. Yeah. And, like, put them through. So if you're trying to get on Survivor, maybe drop that anecdote. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh... I maybe I can you know edit my uh, my dating profiles to be mm-hmm. like you know I'm I'm five ten but I have I have the vibes of someone who's six one. You should see see what it gets yeah. you. Yeah, uh, I don't know I don't know how successful that'll uh, get me. I don't know how successful that'll be as a survivor uh, survivor strategy or survivor uh, you know personality. But yeah, I agree. I think she is if she is in for the long haul. I think she is going to be a, a villain uh from what she is saying uh and she will hopefully relish in it from what uh, i can gather um so uh i also something else besides the brenda thing that rubbed me the wrong way was the uh you know very canadian uh flex of uh saying that she paid off her student loans yes uh, i also like, noticed that it's very it's much like, like like okay yeah so it's like, uh, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's, a mu- it's much less of a flex when you're, you know, in a, in a country with more, uh, with better uh, social safety nets and with, uh, you know, better funded education. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll look past that. Um, uh, I don't think that her being Canadian will be uh, that big of an issue, though. Uh, that might be something that people would potentially uh consider uh because i think toronto is like the the probably the most american canadian city mm. in terms of like culture in terms of it like being right across the border from like detroit and like near you know buffalo and like mm. you, could, you could basically like take a take like a train to to or like a car ride to the u.s in like an hour so right um uh i don't know i i'm I'm interested to see what Erica gives us. Something I thought about too when I was looking over these profiles was this was filmed during while the Canadian border was closed to the U.S. So did they fly her up to Fiji directly from Toronto? 
Because usually Probably, they fly yeah, them out to LA and then fly them from LA. So I, I, I don't know what the logistics were there. She crossed the border to, yeah. to get on Survivor. <laughs> the smuggler, yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm curious what what she'll bring. Uh, I think she could definitely uh, play a little too hard, too fast, and play him out. But I think she could also be a, a long term villain of the season. So. I do want to I do want to note that I I did a little digging uh, so I can get caught up on Brenda in season twenty one and to m- very much my shock I had no idea Jimmy Johnson was in Survivor. So <laughs> he was, just, yeah, he was. One, so. Hopefully the diehard Survivor fans are listening to this and like this. This guy stinks. He doesn't. He doesn't remember Jimmy Johnson. No, you're, I, the, you're the representative of the, of the people who got caught like into it during COVID. Is I'm, I am like I might I might go start season 21 by myself. Like right when we off 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 this. Just I, I yeah. if Jimmy Johnson isn't one of the first ones voted off, I would actually be very surprised. So. I'm more than okay. confident he doesn't win, but we'll see. That's been one of <laughs> that's been one of my. That's been one of my uh, the good things I, I've been able to not spoil myself on who wins what season so far. Um, so uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going back and watching 21 and see what happens with, with Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, right. unfortunately, that's probably the worst thing about reading these cast players for you is there's some spoilers in them. Yeah. There is, but it's hard to dance around it. Yeah, um, yeah, Jimmy T also on that season is a really awesome guy in real life. So hell yeah. mustache, yeah, he's, yeah, uh, he's fun. He's a uh, Gloucester Mass uh, native, and you know somebody that me and friends hung out with in real life a handful yeah, of times. A really cool guy. Yeah. Anyways, just want right. to give Jimmy T a shout out. On, yeah, on shout, shout out, uh, shout out Jimmy T. All right, uh, moving on to our uh, next contestant, our second twenty-year-old on the cast, twenty-year-old uh, uh, Jarris Robinson, a college student from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jairus, Brian? Uh, Jairus seems like a very chill dude. Um, he ha- he kind of has like the almost like surfer bro uh, inflection. He was one of the people who were on the Twitter videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's good. I think he's he says he's high energy, but I didn't get that feeling from him. He seems like a low, like chill dude, which I think is good in Survivor, especially like mm-hmm. in a game that may be super chaotic. He might be able to kind of be like the calming factor of an alliance, which I think would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he says he hates bullies. That's good. Um, but he said, uh, like, uh, you know, he wants to play like poverty fabio and jeremy i think it's just funny that he would reference uh, fabio and it almost makes me think that they had them watch survivor nicaragua for some reason in like the (laughs) casting process of this if we get a brenda and fabio reference uh one after another but uh yeah i mean jeremy and poverty are two great winners um so i think if he can be like the combination of those three i you know that that'd be great I think he'll at least make the merch. Yeah, I I think it's just the, the fact that the there's a lot of fans, like big fans on the cast. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that we didn't really we haven't really brought up yet is a lot of people reference Todd as well. That's <laughs> Very true. random person. I mean, not really random. Like Todd's a, you know, a great player, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely uh, out of left field. But like five separate people reference Todd. Um, yeah, I think that again the, the uh, age thing. You know, aside, yep. because as uh, as we mentioned uh, before with Liana, uh, you know, 20 is uh, pretty young to be 
uh, a successful Survivor player historically. Uh, so I I like Jairus a lot, and I agree with Brian's assessment that like uh, he could really kind of be uh, like the uh, like calm, fun uh, presence in uh, in a situation where there's a lot of like cutthroat gameplay going on. And I think that even better, he's like at least a, uh, a little bit self-aware that's probably the best position for him to try to fill. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit optimistic about what he could do here. Uh, I think that, you know, he, he talks a lot about, like, his, um, his social skills. I think the people who, like, spend a lot of time talking about their uh, social abilities in these bios tend to be, you know, somewhat overcompensating. Yeah. Uh, but... Perhaps it'll uh, it'll still be you know good enough where he can find like kind of a middling ground to an alliance and he can you know convert in the end. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm optimistic about Jairus. What are your thoughts, Dylan? He's also the third person to mention like bodily noises, which is really interesting. He he mentions that he doesn't like loud eating, yeah. which is the second time we've heard that. Um, yeah, age that's like the super obvious uh, worry point is that he's only twenty. But, I mean, reading through his bio and some of his answers, he, he seems actually pretty mature for, for his age. Um, he's, a, he's a two-time state track champion, which is going to obviously give him that athletic edge. Um, but he also seems like he could potentially maybe be, like, the uh, sweetheart of this season, too. He seems like he's uh, at least trying to go for, you know, the goofy kind of, like, a lovable side uh, as opposed to someone openly admitting that they're... Uh, manipulative so i actually like him a lot um i this is really the first time i have really dove into to his bio and like you know he wants to be a pediatric uh, nurse um he volunteers at the children's hospital uh kind of what you said that could just be all like uh the safe face to try to like make build himself up to be like this uh, uh golden boy social character because he, he mentions uh two of some of my favorite players he mentions jt and he mentions jeremy um and i i that automatically makes me really like him but because those are Two almost like perfect players in my eyes. So if you're modeling yourself around that, um, I think that's great. Whether or not that, and this is like beating a dead horse, but you know whether or not that translates into this new style of game, we'll see. But I I, I like him a lot. Um, I, I'm actually really kind of getting swayed on him now. Rem- say remove that age thing. Say he's say he's like 25, 30. I th- I, I I think that he would be by far my favorite to pick. So uh, I'm really high on him now awesome yeah i think we all we have a good feeling for him you know and uh we'll, we'll all be wrong he'll be like a pre-merge <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like the one person we all agree like oh yeah he has a good chance of doing well and just get smoked <laughs> look i mean you know i i think this cast is strong on the whole so like you know i think there yeah, are going to be people true. who have a lot of promise uh on the season who will end up going early uh just because of circumstance or because you know, they just happen to be like marginally worse players than the other people. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there are a few people that were we talk up in this that end up end up flaming out. Um, yeah. So, all right, moving on to our uh, next contestant here, uh, we have Evie Jagoda, twenty uh, eight year old PhD student, uh, currently living in Arlington, Mass. Shout out to. Uh, one of our two uh, Massachusetts contestants on the, on the season. Uh, originally, though, from Westchester, New York. Uh, and I actually really like Heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought 
he, I think he has the longest bio of anybody. Uh, so like basically every single answer is like a, a short essay, mm. uh, which you know could be good, could be bad. Uh, but uh, the the anecdotes and the uh, the things that are brought up in the bio are uh, are very fun and wild. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, I think that the kind of game that we're playing here, uh, where uh, he comes to be the like uh, like lovable um, like you know goofball who everyone uh, sort of loves and underestimates. Uh, I think Evie could actually pull that game off potentially mm -hmm. and better. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, you know I I'm I'm pretty optimistic about her getting far in the game, honestly. Uh, and I think that people might be surprised to hear that because she does kind of have a little bit of an off the wall bio. Uh, but I think on this cast, it will really work. Uh, I don't know. Dylan, what are your thoughts here on Evie? Funny, I was reading through her bio, and I immediately knew you were going to like her, Ben. And then you, I, I don't know you all that all that well, but I was like, I immediately, I know I, I know Ben on Twitter, and I know he's going to like her. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think she's, she's, she's another one that references one of my, she references my all-time favorite player, uh, Natalie Anderson. So I'm very high on her on that aspect. Um, she's like it's almost like seeing someone you know in there for the fact that she's she's the same age as uh, as us she's 28 um you know she she has like a, a super like uh, millennial output in life seemingly um I, she she references AOC as her her hero which is you know very 2021 of of uh, of someone i love AOC so that 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 caught my eyes but yeah i i think that she she really references uh like past survivor gameplay she kind of really references people trying to play the game behind the scenes which mm -hmm. i think is in trying not to trying to control things while also letting other people take control and i mm -hmm. think that that's go that's a key to almost every single season i've seen is you can't you don't want to be too much in control and you don't want to be completely out of control and i think people that know that going into the game i think jeremy said that too in in um in blood versus uh water uh, I think he said that uh, he doesn't he doesn't want to be the leader. He wants to be behind the scenes. He wants to still be able to control his own game while letting someone else think that they're controlling the game as a whole. And I think that that's honestly probably the smartest strategy you can have. Um, once again, whether she hopefully she can play the social game, which if you go in referencing those players, I think you can. Um, but if you play the social game with that aspect, uh, I, I think that you can go really far because you don't you don't have to be a, uh, a physical uh, dominating force as long as you can really master those those kind of crafts of social and um, uh, being self-aware. And seemingly she's that. So we'll see. I I think that one problem we could run into is that you know she brings up that her pet peeve is is kind of uh, mansplaining and machoism, and uh, I think potentially some people, maybe some people from Wyoming, um, uh, may have uh, may not have the same output output on life that she does, uh, especially a fifty year old from Wyoming. Um, so uh, we there could be some conflict there. But we'll see. Also, she's from Mass, so or she's currently living in Mass, so I'm gonna give her the uh, benefit of the doubt there. And she's going for a PhD, so we got a lot of students on here. But you know, she has at least like the book smarts. So uh, uh, this is another player like her. I really like her a lot. Yeah, no, I agree um, with a lot of what you said. Obviously, she's the same age as us, so like you know, that's 
just creates inherent relatability. Um, she is certainly the nerd archetype uh, for the season, I think. Um, she's the Aubrey. She's like the Christian of the season. Um, she, like like you said, Ben, she's really funny in her bio, which I like a lot, um, especially when she talks about when she used to be dating men. She broke up with a guy because he, he pronounced... I don't, I don't know what the correct pronunciation is, I guess, but uh, I guess he pronounced Budapest like Budapest. Budapest, like, I think is Budapest, the right. Budapest, yeah. Budapest. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, Budapest. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, I mean, I would have broken up with him too. So um, I think that is annoying as hell. Yeah. But I just thought that was like a funny story to put in there. Because, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure she was like, when she put like men, period, not all men, she's like, okay, I need to like make people understand the type of person I am talking about yeah. here, um, which, you know, mission accomplished there. So, yeah, I think um, someone that we would get along with, well, welcome on the podcast anytime. So, uh, yeah, high hopes for her. Yeah. Uh, I read me a lot of, like, uh, the Ted Mosby uh, encyclopedia. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. A little bit of a deep cut there, but, uh, yeah. Gotta, the gotta I Met Your Mother reference for the, yeah. uh, for the kids at home. Right. Yeah. Hey, hey, there is a How I Met Your Father pilot in production right now with Hillary Duff, so it's somewhat timely. I was not actually aware of that. That's uh, I don't know how, how to feel about that. Uh, <laughs> and this is the reveal of our next podcast. We will be doing a week-by-week recap of How I Met Your Father. Yeah, this is the second attempt at it, too, yeah. because they tried and it didn't get picked up back in the day, so going okay. for it again. Maybe, maybe it'll be better than the Fuller House. Uh, maybe um but yeah i uh yeah i think that uh i think evie will be will be good hopefully i'll, I'll be disappointed if uh if not um moving on to our next contestant here uh we have 31 year old ricard foyer uh uh for a flight attendant uh, originally from uh linwood washington Cedro Woolley Washington. Uh, I, don't, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, and uh, I actually, I, I went first with uh, Evie, so I'll let Brian go first here. Um, Ricard, he seems like a cool dude. Um, he was referencing how he's hard of hearing, but it, he didn't show like if he has hearing aids or anything, and I didn't see any in the video. So I, I'm definitely more interested to hear um, what, like what that means when he says that like does we, we've seen you know deaf players on survivor a few times like i think most recently nina in worlds apart and then of course um christy in survivor amazon way back in the day um and i don't think it's like a huge disadvantage um obviously my sister's deaf so i was like you know i'll, I'll root for you know someone bringing bringing that and bringing attention to, you know, the struggles of the deaf community. Um, but yeah, I, I like that uh, his, which player uh, will you play the game most like? He says Aubrey, but win, which is funny, of course. Um, and hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sure like if he can pull it off, that'd be great. Um, I think, you know, I, there's nothing about him that screams like to me that he's not going to fit in you know, well, so I think that's a good sign. Yeah, uh, I can go next. I'll, uh, I, 
I'm hopeful about Ricard. Uh, he has like a, an interesting story uh, where his uh, trans husband uh, gave birth. Uh, so I think that's you know a unique experience he brings to the show. Uh, and uh, that's very, very cool. Uh, I don't really you really see that kind of a story told uh, mm. on you know national television very often, uh, but I don't really know how he'll do particularly in the game mm. uh, because I don't really see any kind of a killer instinct from him at least from his bio. It is a very short bio though, so maybe it's just you know he didn't really uh, have the room or the the space to you know, show that a little bit more. But I think especially on this season, it seems like there's a lot of very smart and cunning and cutthroat players who are going to be trying to play this game. And I, I'm i worried that he might kind of get left behind or, like, not have the, the real, like, killer instinct to, you know, pull the trigger when necessary. But I could be wrong. What are your thoughts, Dylan? No, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really, I agree with pretty much everything you both said. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to reiterate it. I do, I, I definitely uh, can sympathize with the deaf in one ear thing, as I only have 50% hearing in my left ear. So that whole aspect, obviously, I'm not, it's not, I'm not fully deaf, but focusing heavily on reading lips. And he also mentions that he's fluent in ASL. I don't know how much that will translate into the game, unless he's like maybe across the beach, uh, seeing people potentially talk about him. I don't know if like that's the quip that they're purposely putting in there to try to uh, 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 foreshadow what's going to happen in the future. But um, yeah, I, I think he's one of the ones that he, he seems really average up front. I mean, he has, he definitely has an interesting life story, but uh, nothing that really seems that like it's going to translate into the game. Um, uh, being a flight attendant though, you know, I've been on a few airplanes where the flight attendants have like kind of made the whole flight, whether it's be them being charismatic right. or them being funny or, you know, at the same time caring and maybe that, that benefits him. But yeah, there's nothing to me that really stands out. He could be a surprise. Um, you know, he could be one of those ones that kind of just gets dragged along until maybe the third or fourth, uh, tribal, but that's, um, I, I, I he's not one I'll pick to win, but he seems like a, a person that won't at least be hated or won't cause too much trouble on the beach. Mm -hmm. I think um, his like ceiling is definitely like like Ty. Yeah. Where, you know, people liked him a lot. Um, hopefully not with the the things that Ty did within the game to cause people to be very annoyed with him at times. Um, but I think like in terms of being like a person that people just like, I, you know, he's nice. You know, I like this guy. Oh, that almost seemingly everybody connects to and likes uh, mm. up front. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think the flight attendant thing is really relevant uh, and something that is uh, good to bring up because flight attendants do have a very good track record on Survivor. They really do. It's If you're trying to play Survivor, start work as a flight attendant for a couple years and then you'll be like all set. Yeah. yeah. Obviously not on all reality TV as we saw uh, with the current season of Big Brother, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, definitely yeah. on Survivor, uh, historically, uh, there are multiple winners that were flight attendants. Uh, so uh, definitely, uh, you know, po probably one of the more positive aspects from his bio in terms of like potential uh, Survivor ability. Uh, also, uh, the last the last line of defense between someone trying to open the uh, door to jump out of the plane and yeah. and the plane crashing. So yeah, they're, they're also they're essentially uh, U.S. Air Marshals now. So he he made I might have some training on that front. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Him and the we'll talk about uh, 
there's a player on this cast who uh, was in the Air Force. <laughs> Maybe you can relate to that a little bit. Oh, man. Uh, and also, I think uh, I think uh, Brad also said he flies planes. So there's a connection there for Brad. Fly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we might be on the same tribe, too. Let me look at the tribe. The R. Yeah. Hey, maybe, you know. That, plane, the, plane Alliance. Plane Alliance, yeah. Yeah. We had a whole season where people annoyingly talked about who was flying the pit and who was the passenger. So, uh, looking forward to more of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be even more appropriate now. Uh, who? Well, you got to bring the flight attendant into that uh, analogy. Who's flying the plane? Who is the passenger? And who are just the flight attendants? Jesus Christ! Please no. <laughs> <laughs> and who's the person that doesn't want to put on a mask? I think that, uh, that that's the that. real one. That's, that's the person that's, they're all voting that's off. That's what we'll see. Yeah, who's going viral on uh, on TikTok for the next I, day? I got a feeling John Rocker is not putting on a mask on a. United. Oh no! No! No way! Okay. Mm-hmm. He, he finally found a needle he is afraid of. Yeah. Shouldn't uh, say, whoa, shouldn't say he might be vaccinated. I don't know. <laughs> Goddamn! All right, this is uh, this is like three times the amount of John Rocker uh, references I expected on this podcast. And for the final time, I will I will not talk about John Rocker again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to our next contestant here, thirty-four-year-old uh, Chantel Smith, uh, pastor. I believe also. I think she is also a comedian, uh, but that's not on the bio. Uh, for, originally from Toronto, Ontario, but currently in DC. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts here on Chantel? Hands down, the craziest trip of a yeah. bio. Yeah. Um, like this yeah. season, maybe ever. Um, former gang member, um, current pastor. pastor uh, yeah, um, is a comedian, um, mm-hmm. and all of that adds up to I'm gonna play like Kim, I guess. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, we all wish we could play like Kim. I think. Um, so yeah, I I do not. No, I need to like see more of her to give like a good because like there's just so much happening in this bio that I cannot like relate to her to like a person I would know in real life. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Like, uh, because it's so chaotic, it makes me think that she's not gonna do well, right? Or fit in, but I mean. Maybe maybe because she's had such a chaotic life, she'll be able to relate to anybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I was definitely. Uh, I definitely felt similarly. Where I was kind of like, uh, I kind of got whiplash a little bit from her bio. Uh, I thought it was. <laughs> I, I I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was very odd to be to go from like talking about her like uh, mother yes. who passed, yep. and just being like, also Zena, were your princess. Be like, okay. Which, uh, fair. Zena's yeah. pretty dope. Like, no, uh, 100%. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, it was a very, like, heartfelt, like... Yeah. Um, big part of it, just about her mom. And then also, yeah. Lucy Lawless is awesome, which I think we all agree with. Lucy Lawless is awesome, but... No, 100%. Yeah, it was a little whiplash. It was very whiplashy. It's like, you know... Uh, you know, I relate to the, the struggles of my family members who have, you know, gone through so many struggles... And, uh, and, you know, passed away and, like, fought to their dying breath. Uh, I also really like the Blue Power Ranger. 
Hey, so. Billy Cranston, fucking awesome. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a little odd, uh, but I, I do agree with you that I think that it might this might work for her. Where, like you said, she has like so much wild life experience to draw from that it could create a situation where she either is going to be relatable to nobody or could potentially be automatically relatable to anybody mm-hmm. just because she has so much to draw from uh, in her experiences in her life. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I agree with you. This is like one of the more high variance players for me in terms of how well she could do. What are your thoughts, Dylan? Yeah. Yeah, it's um well I also don't know how to follow up after that blue power ranger comment, but it's uh yeah, it's I, I don't know. She's a pastor and she used to be in a gang. I think that those are two like those those are two potentially very different worlds, obviously. Um uh, she seems like she really got her act together. She seems like she also had a really kind of tough life in the beginning. So I think that well kinda of what you said, it could make her very relatable to a lot of people. Um, well, at the same time, this is like by far the darkest bio we've had so far. I mean, this reads like a dark horse comic. Like she grew up in she grew up in Toronto, and she was in a gang, and uh, she had a, a rough upbringing. And then now she's a pastor that does improv comedy. Um, so it's uh, in Washington D.C. of all places. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, I'm not. I, I, it's tough because I, I can. I think that if uh, she's not completely uh, crazy, uh, that she'll do really well. But like that, that like little like just throwing that I was in a gang and there's just no elaboration after that is uh, is is very interesting. Um, but I mean, she is right. Uh, looking at her, I would have no idea that she was in a gang. And I think that you know, does she drop that at some point? Like, hey, by the way, I was in a gang, so like, don't don't cross me. I think that that's like. Okay. She, but she could be someone that really tries to play that. Like she's she's grown as a person that she can grow in the game. You know, she went from being a gang to now she's a passer. So uh, she might she she might be the the uh, the the motherly figure to to Brad's fatherly figure for a lot of these people. <laughs> we have Brad from Wyoming, the private pilot, and uh, Chantel, the uh, f- pastor, former gang member. Um, I do I appreciate how like honest she got in her bio and if she's honest like that in game it could both back backfire and and benefit her yeah no i think two things that i didn't bring up uh that i do want to touch on here is one red flag for me is that she talks about strategically wanting to play like ty uh which i think (laughs) is uh not not super great uh ty who was probably the most well known for being somebody who was incredibly easy to manipulate and uh was very uh easily influenced by people like, you know, uh, Aubrey, Michelle, and then secondarily after that, people like Brad uh, in a second season. So, like, not really the kind of player that you want to be saying you want to strategically uh, idolize or try to, you know, uh, model your game after. Uh, and the other thing that I, uh, I wanted to potentially compare, if we're talking about, like, whether or not she could uh, have... Uh, issues with connecting with people because of the experience she's had in her life. Something I did notice while reading through a lot of these bios is it seems like a lot of people uh, talk about uh, having like rough upbringings or having had like difficult experiences in their past. So I think on this cast, it probably will more likely work than not in her favor, um, as opposed to maybe somebody that I could compare her to, like 
Dreams in Fiji, uh, who uh, at that point in, the, in that season, uh, Dreams came into that season as somebody who was homeless and had a very different uh, upbringing and experience in life uh, to many of the people on that cast who were uh, who like were very far away from that uh, that lived experience that, from him, and he had a very hard time uh, relating to people and having people kind of see the game through his eyes for that reason. Uh, so that that would be my fear, but I think on this cast, I think she could actually succeed more likely than not. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, and hopefully, like, low-key, um, the car thing in Fiji is one of the most uncomfortable, like, yeah. things to ever happen on Survivor. People don't really talk about how manipulative and uncomfortable that situation is, so... Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we don't have a situation like that. Well, I mean, you know, luckily they haven't done a, a car challenge uh, in, uh, in 15 years or however long at this point. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, and she also seems like she's in a good spot now in her life. So I don't think that's mm-hmm. very, it's not, it's not a, like a one-to-one comparison, um, because, uh, I, was, know, yeah, a, I just wanted to shout out how fucked up that was. Sure. Of course. Yeah. No, there's a lot of, a lot of retrospective on dreams game in Fiji, yeah. uh, with, uh, like you know, operating through the context of understanding his uh, his life experience uh, makes makes things a lot make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on though from uh, from Chantel to our next contestant, uh, we have uh, Nasir Mudalif, uh, who is a 37 year old sales manager originally from Sri Lanka and uh, currently living in Morgan Hill, California. Uh, we talked about flight attendants having a, a good. Uh, a good experience on Survivor. Uh, we have a, a decent, uh, pretty good experience for past Sri Lankan contestants. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's both horrible and that's true. That's true. It's, it's, in in know, exactly equal measure. Yeah. Somehow. I guess that's that is that is fair. <laughs> First boo and a winner on the same season. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts here on uh, Nasir? He, he kind of falls into that category of I, I feel like I don't have enough to properly judge how he's going to do. Um, I think he definitely has more of uh, kind of the, the wholesome bio where, you know, he grew, he grew up in poverty. He came to America and really made something of himself. Now he's kind of looking to uh, pay back for like his mother, uh, build her a house in Sri Lanka. And obviously that's like that's like super wholesome. So uh, I, I feel like I don't have enough to really give a fair opinion on where I think he'll do. I think, like I said, he could be one that falls, uh, falls out pre-merge. He could be one that re- really wins the heart, both of the, the viewers and the tribe and pulls himself, uh, you know, post-merge, who knows how far. Um, I do like him just reading his bio. Like you said, it's just, he's someone that came to this country, uh, really made something of himself and seems, uh, really humble about it as well. Uh, he does, he references to, which I feel like reading his, uh, which past survivor, Will you play the game most? I think like maybe he just has never seen Survivor. If he doesn't reference an actual player, he just says that he's his own original player. Um, but we'll see. He references he has jungle skills and an engaging personality. That could be like another tie. Uh, tie both was engaging and had jungle skills, and obviously that worked out uh, decently well for him. And so if he can figure out how to actually play the game in between that, that could he could really go far. So I, I, on the face of it, I, I don't. I, I'm not going to take him to win it, but uh, you know he could surprise us like a tie and really and really push to to go far. There's always I feel like there's always one, and it, it seems like it could be Nasir. Yeah, I 
I agree to a point. Uh, I I also agree that I think that there was a little bit of a red flag for me for him not selecting a player that he would like to play like or he like sees his game like uh, because. Like you said, that could generally imply that he's not as big of a fan of the show, and especially on the season, especially with the pace of the season, uh, uh, a very uh, fan-heavy season. It seems like it'll be a very fast-paced game. Uh, that's not really super encouraging for me, uh, but it could just mean that he thinks that his experience is just that unique, uh, where like he's never really seen somebody like him on the show, which I think is also fair. Uh, because, like you said, I think Ty probably is the closest comparison point for somebody that has a similar story to him. Um, so, I, yeah, I like him a lot from what I've uh, seen in his bio. Uh, I do, though, similar to Brad, worry that he might have issues with just, like, very uh, immediate surface, uh, immediate surface level um, social bonds with the other players. So mm. if he can get over that and fill sort of a tie role, like you said, then maybe that is uh, a way for him to get into the end game here. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm worried about him, but we'll see. What are your thoughts, Brian? Yeah, no, certainly. I think, um, I think he will. He has, he has like big fan favorite energy. Like if he yeah. can make it far, America is going to fucking love this guy. Like, from his story of growing up and, like, in in the Twitter video he's talking about, it, like, he literally lived in, like, a mud hut with, like, coconut fronds for a ceiling. Um, he didn't have a toilet, just a hole in the ground, a shower, and now talking, like, he's a sales manager, he's living the American dream. Like, that's very inspiring, and I think uh, America, if he makes it far, is going to fucking love this guy. Yeah. Um, and I hope he does make it far. Um, I don't know if he can win because I don't. I don't know if he has like the, like we talked about very early in the podcast, the prerequisite of being a super fan of the show t- in order to succeed. But yeah, I think he will. He'll get that sea of money probably at the finale. He'll he'll be well liked by the fans and potentially if he goes far, come get invited to play again. Yeah, I, I mean, something you did uh, mention there that wasn't brought up uh, was being a sales manager is like a, a pretty, you know, relevant job in terms of success on Survivor, I feel. Uh, I think that, you know, being able to, to close sales and make uh, like sales for a large company uh, is or does allow you to have skills that translate to Survivor uh, from a like, you know, persuasion and manipulation kind of angle. Uh, so from that, I, I, you know, might bump him up to be a little bit more optimistic than otherwise, uh, I would have for. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next contestant. Uh, we have 46 year old Jeannie Chen, a grocery clerk, uh, originally from LA, currently living in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts here on Jeannie? I like Jeannie, um, as a former grocery store clerk myself i you know relate relate to her there um i i love her pet peeves people who wear masks incorrectly without covering their nose or don't wear them at all i would imagine as a grocery store clerk that especially during the time you know when this was filmed when the vaccine was pretty new that it's probably the most annoying thing ever like people who can't just put their damn mask on correctly to come shop for groceries that has mm-hmm. to be 
you know, horrible. Um, you know, I, I like that she, you know, seems fun. But uh, again, she did not list anybody as her favorite survivor. So red flag there. I do think she'll be likable and sincere. And she reminds me, uh, or rather she could have like Laura Rimmer upside um, from like Heroes, Healers, Hustlers. Where like you look at her and you like don't think immediately that she's going to be necessarily um, successful in the game. But she is able to kind of overcome like your preconceived notions of her so yeah i i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty high on her actually um I'm, well, i don't know if high is the right word i'm hopeful that she does well because i like her as a person from the one minute video clip in the short bio we have here what do you think dylan he reminds me a lot of myself um honestly uh, uh i love cooking i love video games i love uh, living in the glory days you know she got her hustle <laughs> award one year at basketball camp yep. she was 15 years old um if i had something similar i pretty much am still living off of that at 28 uh she looks like yeah she could i think that uh no secret genie could you know she's 46 um genie could potentially maybe be that that one real uh dark horse that uh, kind of comes out of nowhere does really well when no one's expecting it because like on the face of it i think that and i think that some of this could be very like selective from the survivor producers of what's saying in here to really like drive home maybe she's a little bit of like a free spirit kind of like uh you know i don't want to say underachiever but she obviously she loves the she loves the finer things in life like like video games and thrift store and antique shopping those are great hobbies to have um i was a i was a a, uh, uh, I was an associate at uh, Five Below when I was in college, so I can definitely uh, sympathize with being a grocery clerk. And it, that, it also, that's not an easy job. He's going to deal with a lot of psychos, and I can only imagine what it's like uh, dealing with people in stores and in a COVID world. So her saying that that's a pet peeve, I think that's a pet peeve of all of us, the people that just like wear masks yeah. improperly. Um, kind of similar to, to Nasir, she doesn't really reference uh, any previous player, and she says that she wants to play her own game, which, you know, maybe she does and she doesn't want to kind of expose what she's going to do. But I think that uh, I think she kind of wants to play it off like she's going to be super strategic and potentially uh, uh, manipulative or conniving. Uh, but I think if she's she keeps she, if she is likable and sincere that like she says, I think that that could be really hard to do because I think it's easier said than done. And if you are truly like uh, likable and sincere at the same time and also plan to really like play the game and manipulate multiple alliances, um, that could be really hard if it's like I said, it's easier said than done. Uh, and may maybe she does have it in or maybe she doesn't. I think reading through this, uh, I think that she's talking a big game that she might not be able to back up, but I love Jeannie because she reminds me a lot of myself. So I'm really, uh, I'm rooting for her for sure. Uh, am I going to take her to win it all on the face of it? No, but she really could be the one that comes out of nowhere. And, you know, we're sitting here with four or five tribals left and she's still there. And, you know, she, that's, I feel like that's the point where you're like, oh shit, you know, Jeannie could really do it. Um, mm. But she is, she is not the one I'm taking, but I like her a lot as a person. Yeah. I will say like you referenced on, um, Working a grocery store, working in Five Below, you, you deal with the worst people yes. on the planet. And I, I can't imagine what COVID was like no. for working in that kind of a position. Like, in a grocery store of all places, too, where it's just, mm -hmm. yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I also, on the face of it, like Jeannie a lot from her bio, which is very short. Uh, but I, I also, I love cooking in video games as well, like you guys said. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously relatable there. Um, I, I think that she could have, like... Uh, like Brian said, Lauren Rimmer or like Elaine Stott upside mm. potentially. Elaine's a really good one, yeah. Yeah, um, somebody who uh, probably could uh, like have enough uh, going for her strategically uh, to like kind of take people by surprise and get into a, a solid strategic positioning. And then the only issue is people are like looking at her at the final seven, like, oh shit. Jeannie's still here. She's played a decent game and she's very likable. <laughs> we gotta get rid of her. So I, I think that, you know, if that's her upside, I think the, the question then becomes uh, is she uh, going to be good enough to be able to uh, to uh, which, you know, I think is a big if uh, because uh, I think it's it's not common that this, this kind of archetype uh, especially a more modern survivor has the chops to really close that game out but we'll see uh maybe genie can be the one to to do it yeah hopefully all right moving on to our uh next contestant uh we have 21 year old xander hastings who is an app developer originally from jacksonville florida now currently living in chicago dylan what are your thoughts on xander so we obviously have we have our bro of the season so, um <laughs> Another another young one, Xander Hastings, uh, a very interesting name that you feel like, you know, just down the road, you're going to be referencing Xander Hastings. Uh, you know, he's an app developer, so you got to imagine he has some sort of uh, some smarts to him. Um, he's also very athletic. He references that he was in the Super Bowl of cross country, which, you know, we were all sitting back and watching the, the Nike cross nationals on a Sunday in February. I know I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all having nike cross nationals parties right and he really he compares himself to uh quote unquote any of the pretty boy challenge beast charmers just take your pick j joe devon uh don't know any of those people but i'm going to assume those are like the ultimate you, like, you know uh, joe you know joe oh that joe yes yeah. oh handsome joe yes mm -hmm. I, yes <laughs> jeff's jeff's show i understand <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i <laughs> This is like I feel like the the, the typical. There's always one in, in every season of like the mm -hmm. the, the ultimate dude. Um, he and he seems like he's probably could potentially really killing challenges, and you know he may be the, the the handsome one that woos the women at camp while also uh, being cool with the guys, and that could be really beneficial to him. Um, he he has all the all the pieces of like the like all American, you know, uh, 21 year old going on a game show to play. He, it's like. He's relatable in multiple different senses. Um, he's, uh, if you took him, I'd, I'd say yes. If also if somebody said, you know, he's eliminated first first, uh, first tribal, I'd also say, yeah, I can see that too. So I kind of put him in like the, the above average uh, stance while also saying that like, you know, he's not my favorite because he's almost like stereotypical mm. in, a, in a way. Yeah, absolutely hilariously put him on uh, Evie's tribe. Because um, I think he, he is the men that she does not like in her pet peeves. Um, I'm so glad they did that. Yes, that's that's, that's now I'm very excited of for the that. producers to do. Um, 
like the the Yase tribe or Yas tribe, I don't know uh, what Yas Queen tribe has uh, has giant upside to vote him off first and lose every challenge. <laughs> like uh, this is a potential narrative I'm putting out here. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I he's a bro. He's a bro. He reminds me a lot of a guy who was the first brood of Big Brother um, this season. Um, he even wore like a, a very similar shirt to him in their cats photos, which was weird. Um, and has like the same hair. Um, yep, he was definitely picked to be the Joe uh, of the season. Um, you know, I'm sure he ties his hair back in a man bun. Nothing wrong with that, of course, as as I have my long hair as well. But uh, yeah, I uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to win this season. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that we've, we saw a lot of people on this cast uh, reference winners in uh, their, who do you want to be like, or who do you right. consider yourself like uh, when you list three non-winners uh, in your, you know, thing, uh, I think that usually is uh, a good indication of, uh, of your expectations. <laughs> of the game. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, three people whose their their story is pretty much like you know oh they were like you know uh, considered uh, challenge threats and they were kind of like taken out uh, towards the end game because you know people weren't going to let them get to the end uh, and uh, when you reference players like that and then don't follow it up with like here's how I'm going to you know overcome this obvious flaw in this sort of game uh that's you know worrying to me i would say uh but yeah like you guys mentioned he's just so he's like obvious stereotypical bro uh like probably one of the the most like uh stereotypical casting archetype people on the cast uh in terms of like oh yeah yeah we kind of get we kind of know we're getting here for the most part he also looks and sounds like he's just like he clearly hangs out with drew and alec yeah. From uh, from Blood versus Water, <laughs> right. like he almost like kind of looks like him. He's from Florida, or I like I feel like there's a high chance that uh, they have hung out and they just recommended him. Yeah, so, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if like Jay and him know each other in real life, and that was part of how he got onto Survivor, where he references yeah. Jay because like I, at the time maybe I could see referencing Jay, but I think Jay's one of those people who kind of like. He was popular in the moment, and then mm-hmm. like you kind of forget about him. So to, to give us a J poll, wonder I, if they do know each other. I can see I can see the social game and the game as a whole just getting too far ahead of him because he's. Too, I think that he's going to be one that's just going to be too keen on winning winning challenges first, not really thinking about uh, much after that. Right. Over under one and a half episodes before we get an Evie confessional complaining about him. Being like kind of a, a douchey mansplainer who is like kind of know well. Oh, it's gonna be in the premiere. It's gonna be when they're doing the shelter and like introducing yeah. each other. Yeah, first ten yeah. minutes of them all on uh, trying to build their camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna talk about how uh, <laughs> how the the shelter is uh, is being set up just like the Crab Nebula, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and how you know uh, his understanding of uh, astronomy and. Uh, and uh, Chinese culture is going to be the thing that allows them to build a, a really effective shelter. And then we're cut, mm-hmm. smash cut to an Evie confessional. Yep. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> like, you knew, like, I was wondering, 
when she said that, I was like, all right, so who was the guy they put on her tribe to yeah. to be, like, the person that, you know, annoys her? And yeah. we got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, moving right on, then, uh, to our next contestant. Uh, we have uh, 24-year-old Sarah Wilson, healthcare consultant, originally from Sherwin Oaks, California, currently uh, in Boston, Mass., and I will, I'll jump in quickly here. She, she's an MIT student, so I, I hope that she lives in Boston because if she lives in Cambridge and is claiming to live in Boston, I'm going to be very upset because we, we don't get a lot of, uh, of Canterbridgeans on Survivor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got to take it where I can. So it's going to be yeah. very annoying. If uh, this, is a, this is one of the things I loved about Aubrey is she was loud and proud. Yes, I'm from Cambridge in the bio, all right? <laughs> Yeah, and you would think, like, I'm at M- MIT and I live in yeah. Cambridge. Like, people know, like, Cambridge yeah, is yeah. the spot for the, the big schools, so. I don't but, know. Yeah. Uh, either way, though, obviously, I'm, uh, you know, I'd uh, be happy to root for somebody who's from where I'm from. Uh, Listen, you put Boston when you're from where, okay. like. Oh, yeah, when you're inside the 485. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. It does, it does still, still, like, slightly bugs me. Because I want the I want the representation I want the I want the Cambridge Mass representation and Survivor uh, to be loud and proud. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts here though on Sarah? Now that I've gotten my complaining out of the way. <laughs> no, I mean she seems really smart. Um, of course, when when you are that smart and you are kind of like she talked about not liking crude humor, uncleanliness, that's going to be tough on Survivor. Yeah. Um, Again, doesn't like people chewing with their mouth open. We got another one in that camp where they can all just talk about how much they hate uh, people who chew and like burp and fart and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think I think it might be a little tough when you are, you know, extremely smart to fit in. Um, I've never had that problem personally, but, you know, I've, I've witnessed some people have issues like that in the past. So. I think um, the fact that she, you know, is, like, pretty attractive mixed with being smart, she might be able to play it down, which I think will be good. You know, she doesn't have, like, the the nerd archetype look going on. She doesn't have the glasses. She doesn't have, you know, like, she doesn't look like the Aubrey. Like, I, I think she might be able to hide how smart she is. And if she can do that, then I think she'll do really well. Like Liz Markham. Yes, like Liz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily, she's not being put on a brain stripe, at least. Uh, That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I I am optimistic about her as well, uh, which I feel like I feel like I've been mostly optimistic about the majority of this cast. Uh, right. As, as I referenced before, I think, you know, means that there are going to be people on here who underperform our expectations. Um, my biggest worry for her is, uh, similar to other people we've talked about, uh, just like not being able to, to kind of connect with the life experiences of everybody else, uh, to the same extent. Uh, we talked about, uh, previously with like Chantel, uh, and then like referenced otherwise that a lot of the players on the season have like kind of, you know, uh, like darker pasts or like have had rough upbringings. Uh, so that kind of worries me that I don't know how 
well she'll be able to like fully connect to that experience from at least based off of her bio but you never know you know she there, there's at least you know some level of of struggle in her life that she's gone through that i'm sure she could potentially be able to to channel uh and then you know obviously this is like our fourth or fifth person to bring up kim spradlin uh, um i i do think it's uh it, it would be uh It'd be a little bit of a, a stretch to say anybody on the season is going to be a Kim Spradlin because I do not think this is the no, one world kidding. cast. Yeah, right. Um, but I I do appreciate you know at least being able to kind of correctly analyze the positive aspects of Kim's game and like why she was able to succeed because uh, I think that a lot of players uh, in their bios have kind of given what I would be con- what I would consider like very shaky analysis of people's games and what their uh, you know actual you know. Uh, strengths and weaknesses are uh so i think that's something that i uh i like a lot um so yeah i i think she'll probably do okay but i do think that she is somebody who could potentially get sniped out pre-merge in a number of circumstances as well i like sarah a lot honestly um but you bring up a great point of uh kind of like the contrast between someone like Chantel and someone like her I mean, Chantel uh, clearly had a rough up- upbringing, grew up in the streets where Sarah's from Sherman Oaks, California, one of the richest places in the country, right. yep. who came to MIT and now lives in one of the most expensive places to live in Boston, live in the country mm-hmm. in, which is Boston, as a healthcare consultant. Um, she reminds me of potentially like a more like well-developed Spencer, where she seemingly has the smart, the smarts and the athletics, but she's going to be able to play a social game which clearly spencer wasn't able to do in kageyan the first time around he tried to rebuild in in a second chance and she said that directly she says um key to survivor is you have to be able to connect with people on a human level which is what spencer made a point of trying to do in second chance um and i think that it honestly got him further than he really probably should have should have gotten uh, based on how that game started for him so i think that's really smart going into that I think that she like kind of checks off a lot of boxes of what you're looking for. Um, uh, she has the looks where she can woo over uh, some of the guys, like uh, like our, our boy uh, Xander. Um, uh, well, at the same time, she she has the smarts. She uh, has the background where she seems really likable. I see can see her going really far. But you bring up a great point. Uh, you know, she she may not connect with other people uh, at a certain level, and that could cause problems, especially in this fast-paced game where. You know, we might just cut this person loose because they're causing issues with the tribe or someone doesn't like them or vice versa. On the face of it, though, I like Sarah a lot, and she's someone I would probably consider taking because she's, like, at that, like, prime age of, like, 24 where she's not too young. She doesn't have the experience, but she's old enough where she's um, kind of mentally developed enough to be able to deal with uh, some of the adversity that, obviously, this game will bring. Yeah, for sure. I think that on an average season, I would... uh consider sarah to do well i think that my biggest concern is just on this cast specifically yeah. uh but we'll see maybe she'll be able to prove me wrong there uh moving on to our next contestant we have uh david vos vos voce uh from a 35 year old neurosurgeon originally from highland california now living in chicago i believe our second contestant who currently lives in chicago uh and i do not like David. David's the one where we, you were saying, like, yeah. we've been very high on everybody. David's the one where I'm like, well, 
Just wait, because I don't think we're going to be very high on David. Yeah, well, okay, see, I referenced uh, earlier, um, who was it uh, who said they wanted to play, like, Natalie White? Um, it was uh, Sydney, right? Uh, and I referenced that, I said, uh, the issue with that is there is at most one person on this cast who could be the Russell Hanster or Natalie White, and that at most one person, in my opinion, is David. Um you know, there's a number of red flags for me on uh, on his bio. Uh, the first one was uh, calling his emotional baggage uh, a trail of tears. Uh, it was definitely uh, definitely a Poor choice. choice of words. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys noticed that off the bat, but I was like, uh, uh, maybe um, maybe where he got his uh, neurosurgeon training, he didn't really have like. Many uh, like liberal arts uh, requirements, <laughs> but well, I think it's even worse because like I read it and I was like, maybe it's just like a turn of phrase. I was like, but he did put it in quotes. Put it in quotes, yeah. <laughs> so like maybe it's yeah. bad. That's each and yeah, yeah, not great. Uh, secondly, uh, saying that you know I might see him as a potential Russell archetype. Uh, he directly references Russell as somebody who would like to play like, <laughs> which yeah. is. That's rare and like kind of fun because yeah. ever since Tony played, he's usurped the everyone yeah. would say Russell, and then Tony came played a crazy game like Russell in one. Mm -hmm. So now everyone says Tony. So it's kind of fun that he said Russell. Yeah, I mean he also does say other like players that I would consider would be you know a lot better people like Todd, Natalie Anderson, Sari, even Kelly Wentworth. Uh, mm -hmm. So like yeah. It, Russell was some, one of multiple people he references, but still not particularly uh, great uh, in my eyes. It's definitely an additional red flag. And then another red flag for me was the amount of time he talked about how being a neurosurgeon is going to provide the skills for him to win Survivor, uh, which I, I'm completely lost on how that exactly is going to work. Uh, I don't really see a lot of uh, necessarily... Not a lot of overlap. I, I guess you could say, like, maybe, like, bedside manner or, like, you know, being able to deal with people who are, you know, in, uh, like, some of the worst situations of their lives and, like, have that kind of compassion or empathy. Like, that's maybe the only thing I can really see uh, in terms of, like, overlapping skills there. But, yeah, I am... It, there's not many players in this cast that I'm, like, actively... Uh, not in on and i am not in on david at all i think he's not going to win the season very very I, I would very confidently say he's not winning the season but that's just me yeah uh brian what are your thoughts no same thing and i, I like surgeons aren't known to have great bedside manner um because like by virtue of their job especially neurosurgeon like you can't get emotionally invested in your patients because mm -hmm. As he referred to it, a trail of tears. But there are very like when you're when you're going in to have neurosurgery, it's not good. Um, and he's probably you know experienced the brunt of that. And I think I think we talk about jobs that are good for survivor therapists. You know, Denise. Um, you know, flight attendants. People who like have to deal with um, people on a face to face basis. I think surgeon might be the worst um occupation to come into survivor with um and i don't necessarily see him 
doing that well. Um, I mean, obviously, in real life, being a neurosurgeon, that's fucking amazing. Like, I, I could never yeah, fucking do that. Um, and, like, we need people like him, you know, in the world. I just don't think for a game like Survivor, he's going to excel at it. Yeah, I'm well, I'm not going to spend too much time on David because I completely agree with everything you guys said. Um, I, I, I think being a neurosurgeon, and he, he references it too, that uh, a pet peeve is that uh, you just don't have time for laziness, lack of self-awareness when you work an insane number of hours in a week, which like the people that always work a bunch of hours in the week always remind you of that. Uh, you just can't tolerate pure ineptness. Uh, I... I, I I try. I'm trying to like compare people to to the contestants I know, and he reminds me a lot of uh, David from uh, Kagiyan, uh, David Sampson, who was the first one voted out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. David was like a. Uh, I think David was like yeah, I, last night. He was like the president or, or like a, a VP of like some sort of some some of the Marlins. The Marlins, the president yeah. of the Marlins. Um, and that's obviously like a high-end, very commanding position. And I feel like a neurosurgeon's just like that. I can see David, you know, first, uh, first uh, before first tribal, maybe second. That he's like he's clearly just too bossy. Um, and I, I, you know, thirty-five. He's uh, older than a lot of other contestants, save maybe like two, three, or four. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a high hopes for David. Uh, I don't think he comes off as like the most likable in his. Uh, in his bio, I don't think he comes off as like a scumbag either. But yeah, it's just yeah, you know, I think David is just is just there. I, 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 he's just not someone I can see making it super far. Maybe not even maybe post merger. I just don't see it. No, he's not making the merge. There's no way, in my opinion, yeah. he's making it there. Another but person. He's also that... part of the Yase like, yep. tribe, and part of why I, I'm building a narrative in my head that this is going to be the disaster tribe for the season. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. This is if if there is a disaster tribe, it's gonna be this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as far as like people, uh, a tribe that probably won't do phenomenal in challenges, and a tribe that has a lot of like really you know conflicting personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I uh, yeah I he's literally the one player on the the season where I don't have like much positive to say. So. Mm. Moving on, I guess. Uh, sorry, David. Uh, uh, moving on to our next contestant, uh, Deshaun Radden, 26-year-old medical student, uh, originally from San Bernardino, California, currently living in Miami. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Deshaun? So I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I really like him. Like I, I don't know what about like his bio stuff. It just like made me like. He's probably going to be the person I picked to win, if I'm being honest. Um, I just think he has what it takes. And, hey, you got Ben, you know me. Sari, one of my favorite players ever. Like, whenever I play these LRGs and they ask what player you like, I say, Sari, let's hope that someone can carry the legacy and actually pull a, pull a W out uh, in Sari Field's name. So I'm, I'm super high on him. What, what do you guys think? Okay, I'll go next because uh, you you pissed me off, Brian. All right, because when we pick one of picks at the end, it's gonna go Dylan, you, me. All right, I'm gonna go third. <laughs> and I came into this podcast. Deshaun was gonna be my third pick, Brian. God damn it! Now you're gonna snipe him from me. What the fuck? Uh, sorry. Um, but yeah, obviously. he also falls into the my my big brother thing of person on the cast I'd most want to like have a beer with. Sure, so. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, his bio is great. Uh, like, there's there's almost nothing from this bio uh, that like really uh, gives me any kind of uh, worry for you know his uh, his future in the game. Uh, I think that his uh, description of why you believe you can win Survivor was really thorough and really uh, like well reasoned. Uh, I think 26, you know, as Dylan mentioned, I think 26 is like a pretty good age, mm-hmm. uh, especially for this cast. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, look, uh, Brian said his, his bio is like pretty much perfect from my perspective. Uh, and yeah, I think that he is one of my favorites at this point to, to win the season. All right. And now, now Dylan comes in and says, oh, I'm going to pick him to win. Yeah, <laughs> he, actually. going to make both of us cry. <laughs> if Dylan does, I'm going to really have to scramble. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm almost not going to take him just because I want, I want to see the chaos that will happen once Brian takes him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, you guys, I'm, you guys have already said it. I'm not gonna repeat it. Deshaun's very, li- very likable in his bio. He like just reading his stuff. He just seems like uh, someone you would want to hang out with. Um, he even makes he makes the joke that his game will be unprecedented, but then actually explains that he he wants to play like Siri, which like everybody else that didn't give an answer that said basically I'll play my own game. Um, uh, it, it's like skeptical if he, that they are even fans of Survivor. Where he he mentioned Siri, and then he also like you said his why do you believe you can win Survivor? It's like super thorough. He's like making it clear that he's like studying the game itself. And like we discussed before, that's almost like a prerequisite at this point that you have to you have to do. Um, he seems super likable. He's he didn't mention any bodily um, pet peeves and people chewing or anything like that, which I like. His pet peeves is that he doesn't like being told what to do, which who does? Um, that could potentially be an issue if he is told who what to do early on. Do we know what tribe he's on? He is on the. He is with uh, Luvu. Yeah, he's with Danny, Nasir, Erica, uh, Heather, who we haven't talked about yet, and Sydney. Okay, so he's not on the the Chaos Tribe, which is which is good. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, Deshaun is uh, is going to be a, a top three pick uh, for sure. Um, uh, whether or not I take him, that remains to be seen. But I like him a lot. Uh, he th- there's a lot to like about about Deshaun. That just end at that. He's going to be uh, a, seemingly one of the better players of the show. At least if, I think he's going to be the social aspect where he's just super likable, um, which can get you really far in the game uh, in, until you get down to the, kind of those those final numbers where maybe they think that being likable uh, is is a threat. As long as he's not causing issues back at camp, and if someone tells him what to do. Uh, or he's trying to be too bossy because he doesn't want to be told what to do. But it does, he doesn't, uh, based on his bio, seem like that type of character. So, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's he's definitely one of the top-tier ones, for sure. All right, well, I'm glad we can all agree that David is awful and that Deshaun is incredible, and <laughs> we'll all look like morons when Deshaun is the first boot and David wins the season. Yeah. Uh, so now we've we've set that up. We'll have to instantly turn in our our yeah. survivor cards. Like, um, <laughs> cannot explicitly this podcast cannot be. I'm, also, I'm making a point. I'm just not picking anyone that says loud chewing because we're about to go on to another one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was when you mentioned that. I was like, there's like three or four people. I, I think this is. The, I'm not. I think this is the fifth <laughs> person. All right. Well, you know, well, let's let's kick it off uh, then, Dylan. You can talk here about Tiffany Seely, forty-seven-year-old teacher, originally from Forest Hill, Queens, New York, now living in Plainview, New York. Uh, you can give us your thoughts on Tiffany. I think Tiffany is another one that is going to be uh, that is going to be uh, 
uh, out pre-merge for sure. I think she's 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 a little bit on the older end. She mentioned loud chewing, which just like I think anyone that mentioned loud chewing is just totally screwed. Um, which I don't disagree with. I don't want to sit next to someone just chomping down, but I just don't know if it's relevant to Survivor. Um, half empty water bottles in a room. Well, like I don't know. I don't want to drink all the water. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, the teacher, I, I think that sometimes being a teacher, they it tends to try to make players uh, from, uh, what's her name in 18? Uh, I'm forgetting her name. Um, Debbie. Uh, Debbie. Debbie. I, I think that, I think trying to play that teacher aspect, or Debbie was a principal, um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes you try to be a teacher to a bunch of grown adults, and sometimes mm-hmm. that backfires. Um, right. I, uh, she said she hates being wrong, which could also be an issue. Um, and I do think that these bios are very like selective on producers. I think they're almost they're they're, they're trying to lead us on to what are going to be some of the uh, the main points for these players in the game. And so I think her not liking to be wrong while also being a teacher and used to being in control of I'm assuming children. Who knows if she's like a college professor? If she was a professor, she would professor. She would say that. Um, yeah, I don't have high hopes for Tiffany. I think she's definitely on the older end. Um, with at 47, you know, not old for like life, old for Survivor. Um, uh, another one that that mentions uh, Parvati. Um, she says that she's patient, patient, but she also says she doesn't like being wrong, which I think you can't be both. Because um, I feel like if you are patient, then you can deal with maybe being wrong and learning from experiences. But yeah, I I, I don't see Tiffany making it very far. Um, I don't see anything to say that I I wouldn't like her, but I I just don't see her making it far, and she will not be my selection. Yeah, I mean another thing that stood out to me for Tiffany uh, was I I guess maybe this will this would be good in Survivor is she says she hates brushing her teeth before bed and she Disgusting. never washes her face. Disgusting! Um, <laughs> it's so weird. Like a lot of celebrities now that just claim that like that none of them take baths anymore or showers. <laughs> like it's just what do you mean? It's like, like it's, okay, yeah, but I mean. At least you'd be like, oh, you know, uh, I I don't like, you know, uh, to dry my skin out or, like, I only, like, you know, shampoo my hair once a week. Like, that's reasonable, right? But, like, I never wash my face. What? It's really gross. It's really gross. Like, even incidentally in the shower, like, you don't just, like, like, soap and water doesn't just incidentally even get on your face, even if you don't make an active effort. Like, I, it's very odd. <laughs> It's very odd that, like, she's going out of her way to bragging about being unhygienic on her bio for a, a TV show on national television. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm not going to lie, everybody. I am pretty gross. Yeah. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> What's going to be easiest for me in Survivor? Not bathing, because I don't bathe anyways. And I don't brush my teeth. So it's going to be easiest, easiest pie for me. Like, what is she, like, I know, like, sometimes, like, I'll lay in bed before I brush my teeth, and then yeah. it's annoying to get back up. Yeah, yeah. But also, it takes, like, a couple minutes to brush your teeth. Like, right. it's not a big ask. No, like, you know, yeah. I, 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 yeah, there's been definitely, like, drunk nights where I, like, get mm-hmm. home, and I, like, pass out, and I don't brush okay. my teeth. But, like, you know, that's extenuating circumstances. Mm-hmm. To go out of your way to, like, mention not brushing your teeth before bed and saying that you, like, actively don't like doing it is bizarre, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. The, Tiffany is not winning. Uh, yeah, she could be fun. Boot. She could be a fun pre-merge boot. Uh, she could make for some wacky TV uh, in, like, the early part of the game. She could even have, like, 
like Debbie upside maybe, <laughs> where she like is kind of like this like wacky character who ends up in the merge and like has like a tiny bit of power before getting you know taken out <laughs> uh, because she like doesn't know what to do with it properly. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's her ceiling. Her ceiling is Debbie, in my opinion. Uh, so okay. yeah. Ryan, yeah, I, she's, yeah. she's not gonna fucking do well. She's gonna be pre-merge boot. She has like the being the older woman like against her. Like it, it just there's nothing about her that makes me think that she's gonna be a successful survivor player. Yeah, it's one that I I potentially put money on for first episode, first tribal potentially. If they if she's yeah. on a tribe that has a bad first challenge, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Lucky for her, she is on the. She's uh, on Yase. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. The producers intentionally make this tribe the worst like combination. 100%. Like, yes. This is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean It's it's really really annoying that the two people other than Deshaun that I was looking at uh, as potential winner picks are also on this tribe. Uh mm-hmm. it, really legitimately here. there are four people on this tribe that I'm like they could be the first boot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Lucky for them. The can't all be the first boot. True. So. That's the the best part about being on like a tribe of like uh like crazy and annoying people is like you know you just have to be less crazy and annoying than the other people. Oh man. Um. But yeah. Uh. Another one I think we all agree on is not winning the game. Um. Yes. Moving on. Uh. We have uh, two contestants left. Uh. We're really finishing out. In my opinion, not super strong here, uh, but maybe not. Um, our second to last contestant, uh, Eric Abraham, uh, age uh, 51. He is a cybersecurity analyst, originally from Atlanta, but currently living in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Eric here? He is, you know, uh, talking about this uh, potentially uh, cursed Yase tribe. He is the last member of it. Oh, no, he is? For us he to talk is. about. I was going to. Oh, man, I'll let you go, Brian. Um, I think, well, that, uh, I don't see him getting along that well with the other people we've talked about on that tribe. He seems like he's a pretty down-to-earth dude. Um, he's a cybersecurity analyst, that's good, but he's one, he's an older man. Uh, I, being on either end of the age spectrum is really tough to overcome in these games. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that he said Richard Hatch as uh, one of his players that he'd want to play with, obviously very old school, the first, the very first winner. Um, and then he, he kicked it a little new school with Wendell um, with a touch of Boston Rob. That I mean, if you could be a combination of those three players, that'd be great. I think it's, you know, tough to be because I think they're all very good players um, for all very different reasons and very different play styles. There's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird combination cause they don't really overlap very much in how they play the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm worried for, I'm worried for my man here. I'm worried for Eric just, you know, especially cause of the tribe that he saw. Yeah. I mean, beyond that, my biggest concern for him is, uh, I referenced earlier, there is somebody who uh, has uh, Air Force experience, uh, and he is uh, that person. Uh, and I am always very uh, cautious about uh, people who have uh, like significant military experience on Survivor, uh, just because uh, I think that, on average, uh, they 
tend to treat Survivor and the social elements of Survivor uh, as if it were the military. And uh, that would be my biggest worry for him uh, outside of the other things that Brian mentioned uh, because uh, most people uh, do not take well to social situations being handled the way that the military would handle things. Uh, and so I think that if he doesn't do that and he can get past the age uh, issue and he can potentially relate to this cast, which I think he might also struggle with, and he can get through the fact that, as we mentioned, this tribe could be kind of a hot mess, uh, then maybe he could uh, sneak into a good position uh, if he were to like get into a post-swap or post-merge uh, position. But I think there's a lot of things that he has to overcome before he gets to that point. Dylan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you hit the nail on the head with like the previous... Uh previous military members uh reading through his bio it kind of reminded me of uh jerry sims from once again to go back to 18 uh jerry like i'm pretty sure was still like in the army at that point at like 49 but he was like getting his ass kicked up and down in competitions um eric just reminds me of like a dad like his bio is just like a very dad bio like his hobbies are basketball Mm. golfing and reading like yeah so was my my dad's um (laughs) I mean, he, he, he once uh, spoiler for me. I just found out that Wendell uh, wins his season, so I will be putting that season oh, in the back pocket. Sorry about that. I now know that um, <laughs> that uh, you know he references three with three winners, which is good because a lot of people are referencing people that uh, either didn't win or, or, or like or second, third place uh, contestants. Um, yeah, I mean the fact that he's on the the Chaos Tribe. Um, I don't think could be well. It could be good for him. Uh, we said that Tiffany's also on that tribe, right? The, the go over the uh, Tiffany is, is. yes, yep. yeah. I think that maybe that could be beneficial to both of them to be the older ones that are going to inevitably crash, uh, clash with uh, the younger uh, kind of more uh, millennial uh, uh, generation on that tribe. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that they potentially, depending on how they do in challenges could be fighting for their spot almost immediately. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, reading through Eric's bio just reminds me of a dad. You know, what is it? His, the accomplishment he's most proud of is having his daughter. She's the next generation mm-hmm. in our family. That is the most dad answer you could possibly give. <laughs> it, it yeah. really um, is. <laughs> his pet peeves are people who are, have characteristics of being slothful, condescending, and uh, psychophantic. I don't, I, that's not even a word I've ever used before. That's a dad word. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm rooting for Eric, I guess, but uh, I think Eric may be potentially on what might be one of the worst tribes in Survivor just on paper. Uh, so we'll see what goes on with that. But he might be he might be immediately outnumbered by some of the younger people that he's trying to wrangle up being a dad. And I just I, the, 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 it's not stacked in his favor at this point, unfortunately, yeah. for him. Yeah. Reference to that too, slothful is another word that's very, uh, it's like not a very SAT word. Uh, there's a lot okay. of people on this cast who reference not liking uh, laziness or lazy people, uh, but nobody nobody calls them slothful. Uh, so that's no. definitely a little unique little characteristic there. Damn, um, yeah. Very, I mean, very I, if I was on Survivor, I would love sycophants because I would want to make everyone my personal sycophant and yeah. be like a cult leader, right? Like, you want people who, like are, who are easily, yeah, yeah, exactly. You want people who are easily manipulated and yeah. like will just ride or die with you, right? Yeah, I'm totally not Googling sycophantic right now, so figure out what it means. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, right, so should we get for, to Jennifer Coolidge? Yeah, let's go. What we... Wait, what? She looks like Jennifer Coolidge, the actress. Oh, movie. <laughs> I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> like, wait, no, Heather. Heather. No, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. What a twist. But Jennifer that. Coolidge is a great actress. I missed that. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, moving on to our final contestant, uh, Heather Aldret. Uh, probably sounds good to me. Fifty-two-year-old uh, stay-at-home mom from Charleston, South Carolina, uh, and I, I guess I'll go here on uh, on Heather first. Uh, I I'm not necessarily super down on Heather compared to like the other older contestants, or even just somebody who you might compare her to, like Tiffany. Uh, I think that she probably has more upside uh, than those other contestants just from her answers. Uh, I was kind of put off a little bit by her picking Rick Devins because, again, similar to like picking Ben uh, mm -hmm. before, uh, that you know kind of implies that you're <laughs> you're planning on having your back up against the wall at some point in the game and just kind of like riding by the seat of your pants, which is not the best. But I think that you know, she kind of saved a little bit by referencing the fact that she liked how Rick seemed to just enjoy the experience and like never really kind of lost sight of the fact that he was supposed to be having fun in Survivor more so than his actual gameplay. Um, so I think that's fine. I also like that she referenced uh, basically every older blonde lady who has done well in Survivor. <laughs> And, uh, I love that she referenced Tina. That's awesome. Yeah. Like we like people don't put respect on Tina's name enough anymore. I feel like. Yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, and she also like I think pretty accurately summed up uh, Tina's uh, like positive game traits and like why she succeeded by saying that she was calculated, direct, uh, but kind. Uh, I would say that you know. Kind, kind to a uh, kind to a point, uh, okay. not necessarily kind to somebody like Jerry, but kind to the people <laughs> that she liked, um, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, for sure calculated and direct. Uh, like you know, uh, Tina is like one of the people who does not get enough credit for being uh, extremely cutthroat and extremely gamey, because people kind of don't really tie that to this archetype of an older woman, uh, okay. and so if. This kind of talk in the bio can tra uh, translate to actual gameplay by Heather. Uh, then yeah, I'm excited to see what she can do. Um, so yeah, I would say, considering the things that seem obvious to be going against her, which are uh, her age and again potential not jiving well immediately with the cast uh, from like a you know experience uh, perspective of like similar life experiences, I do think she has enough of the good ingredients for me to be like a little bit optimistic about her. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And just like, I think Tina, this is such like a tangent, but I just want to hype up Tina a little bit because she's one of my favorites. Um, I think Tina winning um, Survivor Australia really in part, just as much as Hatch winning uh, Survivor Borneo as to why it's so popular because they were very two people who like a lot of people could see themselves in um and like show that like oh anyone can win survivor you know what i mean um anyway so back to back to heather though um i like her a lot i think my biggest 
like trepidation is that she's older and also a stay-at-home mom that's tough that like similar to um oh god who's the guy who i said is going to be the first boot brad similar to brad like it's another thing where it's just like not a lot of people are going to be able to relate to that so i i feel like she could potentially struggle in that sense no absolutely uh definitely somebody who is going to need early wins i think uh, yep. to, to get kind of a footing here in our tribe. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts here on Heather? Yeah, I, I think that I think that Heather, she actually mentions Lisa. I feel like reading through her bio, she does seem like she'll be a, like a significantly less helpless Lisa. Um, and maybe she'll be able to uh, be, carry herself certain places instead of having uh, Lisa have, be carried by other people. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that she, 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 I think she's the oldest contestant in the game at 52 um so uh, that's already going against her yeah that stay-at-home mom occupation uh and, you know she's she's the mom she's she's the mom to, to eric's dad it's just like a, I think i'm just right. reading like like a mom that loves survivor um mm-hmm. she, maybe, maybe she doesn't seem like she uh, is saying the wrong things so that could help her out but i i think that um, being a stay-at-home mom from the South in your 50s could potentially backfire with some of the big characters in this cast. But who knows? I mean, we've seen opposites attract in the game before, so I'm not going to completely rule out because she does give some pretty decent answers here, but I'm not going to I'm, I'm not gonna throw all my uh, cards in on, on Heather here, just to be blunt. I like how she says, I cuss like a drunken sunburnt sailor. That's fine. Yeah. I hope we get to see that kind of side of her yeah. on the show. Again, maybe some like Lauren Rimmer upside if we get that kind of like personality mm-hmm. trait. Um, yeah. And Lisa is a Lisa 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 Welchel is a person who, like Ben said, she probably would have gone out very quickly on Tang Dang if Tang Dang wasn't like one of the most dominant tribes of all time. Powerful. And then she went super far. So yeah. Okay, we'll see. She was, but Lisa ended up being the lamb that was sacrificed. That, that is always mentioned. Yeah. And and okay. I I think I think that uh, I think that Heather I the, some of her answers I don't think that she'll she'll be the sacrifice but um, uh, sometimes uh, when you're being when you're against a bunch of cutthroat uh, twenty and thirty year olds uh, the game could get away from you fast so right we'll see she but, was on the Luvu tribe which I do think is the tribe best position to be like the dominant challenge yep. tribe so I agree. All right, uh, well, that's the cast. That's uh, it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just have to wrap up here, uh, lock in our winner picks, and uh, all fight over <laughs> fight over Deshaun, I guess. Also, to, every- right, Dylan. to everyone in the comment section before I make this pick, I have not been farting. My chair just makes that noise. So <laughs> knock it off. No, um, I mean, I have, I have a noisy chair as well, so I got like that. Hmm. Like that kind of noise going. I'm gonna get made fun of for farting in my two fridges. I already know it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna Dang. actually, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually blow some minds here. Uh, I'm not, okay. I'm not taking Deshaun. Uh, not, not just because I want to see the cast between you guys, but I'm actually, I'm going with my gut. I think that I have, I think that I have here potentially uh, a more successful Malcolm, and I think that I have, okay. I, uh, I, ha- I'm taking, uh, I'm taking. It's either Jairus or Jairus. I'm taking Jairus Robinson as my, right. as my pick to win it. I think that he's going like I think he has the athletic ability to be able to carry him in challenges. I think that he has like the the seemingly the lovable kind of like goofy uh very like relatable uh uh attitude about himself. I don't think that he'll cause too much um 
issues within the game, although I am being very contradictive. He is one of the people that said that he uh, does not like loud eating, and I'm taking him, but I can, <laughs> I can do what I want with the number one pick. So I'm taking... Uh, I'm taking Jairus, and uh, uh, you know we'll be sitting here in uh, December talking about how great of a pick this was. I hope so. Certainly hope so. So, but so am I next or are you next? Okay, so we we I think the the way we should do this is uh, we did make uh, me and you did make uh, preseason winner picks for season forty. And oh, that's right. Technically, technically. Your don't spoil pick, don't spoil dylan hasn't yeah well I, i'm not gonna say the names um uh, mm. but technically your winner pick did finish the game in a higher position than mine uh mm. we'll put it to that uh, all right i appreciate that so yeah you can go ahead. okay well deshaun I, I i gotta do it i i mm. think he's gonna win the season so yeah all right ben all you <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great pick. Uh, I've been scrambling here uh, with the knowledge that I probably would not be getting Deshaun, uh, trying to figure out who I would pick instead. Uh, and I've got it down, I think, to two, uh, because I had it down to three, and Jairus was one of the three that I was looking at. So, <laughs> uh, I think both great picks. taking his picks. Great picks by both of you. Um, so, I think the people I am going between right now are... Uh, unfortunately, both on Yase, uh, I'm oh, going. No. To, I'm going to either pick Evie or Liana here, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to pick Liana. Uh, and it's very close for me. Uh, I do think that of this tribe, Liana is the least likely to get voted out early. Uh, and I, yeah. I, uh, I think that. Uh, of those who are left on the board here, uh, she has what I would consider the most potential uh, to uh, convert in a uh, post-merge situation. And because I think that she is surviving this tribe most likely, I think that she is uh, pretty locked in for a merge position. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my pick there as uh, is Liana. And my only trepidation is. Uh, Survivor has been on a, a, a drought of, uh, of successful female players, uh, that's so that's my that's my one trepidation with picking Liana, uh, and why I would have uh, preferred uh, Deshaun potentially. But uh, yeah, I'm going with her. Hey, this is the soft reboot of Survivor. So let's like pretend everything else you know hasn't happened. This is the new era. And apparently there's like a smoke monster or something on the island. I don't know. <laughs> there's or there's like a person. What would I propose in the chat? I think there might just be a person there that's like potentially trying to just kill the players mm-hmm. the way that they built it's that up. Dead by yeah, daylight very... slash survivor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's very interesting. Uh, uh, ben and I both picked twenty uh, year old players after all the talk of, mm-hmm. of young of young people. Mm-hmm. We're all we're all sub thirty. Um, uh, because Deshaun's what 26, 28. He's he's one of those 26, yeah. Uh, very interesting. We all went young after all that talk about about a life experience. So, I like I like my pick a lot. Uh, I it's I I will say I was going between uh, uh, Jairus and and Sarah. Uh, Sarah was the was my was my was my backup. So, Mm -hmm. I I, I do like your pick, uh, of, of Leanna. Um, yeah, I think she'll go far. And then Brian kind of just got like the Christian McCaffrey, uh, pick there that like, he had to take that kind of fell into his lap. So oh, I'm not going to rate that, but I like our yeah. choices. I'm, I'm really excited for that. this season. 
I think they're good. And like, um, for the Big Brother podcast, the Have Not Room that we do, I got my picks are not often like very serious picks. So I feel like having tried to establish my survivor cred, I need to like take it more seriously yeah. on who I actually think will win. Um, whereas like Big Brother, I'm 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 like you, Dylan, in that sense. Like I'm a newer fan mm-hmm. of of that show. I mean, with that being said, Brian, uh, your last two winner picks, despite being kind of jokey, has <laughs> gone deep into the end game. So. Hey, I just have an eye for talent. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I, I do have one question. Do we think that Jeff is growing his hair out to try to, like, be Joe? <laughs> like, do we think that he's trying to grow it out for, like, the man bun? Because it's getting very long. I, I assumed it was a COVID haircut. Uh, mm. Where it's like, a you know, he didn't get his hair cut all throughout COVID, and then he, like, looked in the mirror and like, oh, I kind of like this look. I'm going to keep it for when we film. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. Also, if, if Jeff came out with the man bun, I think that'd be a pretty traumatic moment um, for a lot of Survivor fans, yeah. myself included. I, look, like, look, I don't so, think I can handle it. So let's, let, let's do the let's do the pick em. Does Jeff have a man bun when, when we read the votes uh, live? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, in the live finale? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going I... to say yes. I gotta, I gotta see if his hair is still long in the next season because they filmed them back to back. If he, maybe he was like this. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna see if I like it for this one season. And if I don't like it, I'm gonna cut it. You know. I'm committing like to. Tom it. Brady had long hair that one season, and then never again. I'm committing to it. Yes, he will. Yeah, get rid of hair first. I, I, for my own sanity, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> uh. So we have a no, a yes, and we'll wait and see. So I'm gonna wait till the next one season. of us. One of us will, will be right. Yeah, we've yeah. covered all the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so fucking happy. Survivor's back. Yep. I love this. Show I, so I talked for two and a half hours about it, so obviously we're very excited. I told my my gaming group that I was gonna be on uh, to play at ten thirty, and it is now twelve fourteen. And I never told them I wasn't coming, so um, I put my phone down. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to be able to 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 kind of experience the season with you guys live. Uh, it's great for me and my wife too. We're gonna we're really excited to watch live. Like I told you, I got that family pool going. So Survivor's back, baby. I'm re- I'm re- I'm really excited. This is gonna be a really fun uh, fun couple months. Who do you have in the it pool? Is. We have we haven't picked yet. We're picking oh, out of that. Okay. We're picking out of the hat before the first episode. So it's gonna be Perfect. completely random. So right. I will I will mention uh, on the pod. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. I'm, I hope I get I hope I get I hope I don't get. Uh, david like in my pick because then i'm screwed because then i then i get then i got a root for david poor david this is probably the nicest guy yeah. I, yeah he's a fucking hero he's a neurosurgeon he just yeah. he's not gonna be good at surviving hey, yo david <laughs> david come on the pod <laughs> he come on be like you fucking assholes no look i i just you know like his bio just shouted not good at survive hmm. very very loudly uh, but yeah, well, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Like I said, we've been going for two and a half hours here. Uh, Dilla, why don't you tell people where they can find you online if they want to come follow you, and uh, if you want to tweet about the uh, the season maybe as it's going. Yeah, so just follow me on Twitter. Don't follow me on anything else, please. I don't like to be uh, tracked by the community at large. Twitter is where I do most of my uh, devious activities, so please follow me at DJ Clubberlang, all one word with two Bs in Clubberlang. Uh, at Twitter, um, I yell about things, and I told myself I'm not going to swear anymore online. So I'm not doing that shit anymore. Well done. Thank you. All right, Brian, what about you? 
Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the fake BMR. That's B M A R R. That's where I mostly hang out online, just doom scrolling endlessly. You can find me on uh, Twitter primarily at uh, Ben Sharon. Uh, I will be uh, continuing to tweet about uh, Big Brother until this is over. Uh, I will continue to, or will start and finish tweeting about uh, the Circle uh, season three, which is coming up. Uh, be sure to check out Influential Chat with me and Brian uh, coming recording up. on Saturday. Recording uh, the first four episodes dropping. Uh, probably probably another two hour podcast yeah, probably, like... yeah. <laughs> with the way those go um and uh you know we are uh we are here to uh bring you survivor coverage again this is the uh blindsiders uh this channel is better radio you can follow the main channel uh we can get everything on youtube at wg everything on twitter and then at we can get everything on twitch facebook instagram and tiktok and i believe that's it we got all the plugs out of the way uh, oh, uh, follow Wicked Good Sports because I make a lot of videos all the time on that channel, so I would appreciate it. Yes, and if you you know, happened upon this podcast on a platform you don't usually use, uh, the Blindsiders will be available on every major podcasting platform as well. So you can switch to the podcasting platform of your choice if you don't want to watch us on YouTube or listen to us on whatever one you randomly found us on. And if and if you're interested in that fridge, please just message me on, on Twitter. Yep. Uh, please get rid of it, please. Please, if you just want to help me come move it, that's fine. <laughs> uh, other than that, we'll be back in about two-ish weeks to talk about the premiere of Survivor 41. Uh, until then, see you later.